Alright, stinger rolling. Welcome to the drunk tank. Take a shot and much thanks for you coming out tonight. Have a seat and come in, yeah. Yeah. Now turn the lights down low. Drinks are in the back, we're about to start the show Okay, landed and killed in the land of the free Coming together to spread all the peace There's more to the story than you'll ever see Hear up both sides before you just agree Some of it's funny and some of it's deep Open your mind and I can't guarantee That we will leave you on the edge of your seats Now over the docks and the man Chris you see, okay Alright, alright, welcome to the show The Drunk Tank is live, the bar is open I... And the Paris Docs Ryan, that, I always get the camera angle pointy wrong, that over, you, you know where the fuck, he's over there, that's Chris, no, no. my partner from Scotland, how are you today Chris, welcome to yeah, the show. I'm not too bad, I'm not too fucking bad, I'm fucking shattered, but right. other than that, I'm not too bad, like, things what? could be worse, Why are you I, shattered, I will buddy? say that, Why are you I shattered? have like not slept in three days. <laughs> you look it. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your like, eyes. I am pretty fucking struggling today. <laughs> like or I have been for the last couple of days, but like oh it has just been a fucking horrid fucking time. Like no. in my ma- my mind I'd ha- I had everything like sorted for mm. each time that I was gonna be doing something and every time I've then went on to do something I've went I have absolutely done nothing. My brain just switched off in that moment where I said I am going to do some, like including the fact that all I have is what beer I'm drinking. I have no good news. I have I no do. fucking. Hey, I can't. Yeah. I can't get mad at you. I've been. I've been. I've been struggling too. I got a lot of. I got a lot of shit. I got. To, I don't know. I kind of got to get shit off my chest, but I don't want to like bitch on a podcast. So if someone stumbles across and be like, <laughs> "Oh, the old white bearded, gray haired guy. All he does is complain." But yeah. I've, I feel you, man. It's been a week. Yeah. It's been a week, man. But why haven't you been sleeping? Just oh, like... it's just, I I go into it every now and again where I just, like, it's as if my brain tells me that I've got, like, far too fucking much um, that I need to be doing. And, but even though I don't necessarily have that much that I need to be doing, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm distracted, I'm having to get pop-ups and shit like that out so that I can see shit. But um, yeah, it's just, I'm at that point where it's like my brain just it acts as if there's a shitload of stuff going on. When yeah. I mean, there is stuff going on, but it's like, it's it's a lot of it isn't it within my control. So it's like, why am I getting all, like, but it's just every now and again, I go into this kind of period where it's like, I just struggle to get an actual fucking sleep. Like, I'll maybe get, like, an hour, and then that's me for, like, 48 hours, and then I'll maybe get a couple hours again, and then it's just, it's just, it's bullshit as fuck, but... Yeah. I I don't want to say that I'm used to it, but it's, like, it's part of life, so... um, Is that an ADHD thing for you? Um, I mean, I don't know. It might be. Like, it could be. Uh, but like I've not really uh, put that much thought in it. Normally, it's like see if there's any like stressful things at work, or if I'm just mm. I've been running myself too much for uh, like on the lead up to it. It's as if like 
It's as if I hit that kind of middle ground where my mind is telling me that I've got so much shit today, but I'm no doing the shit. Mm. But because I'm no doing the shit, my brain's like, well, we can't shut off because you've still got shit today. And yeah, then I think I it's just that. that. I think it's just that constant sort of like in that middle ground that I'm I'm left in, and it's just it is fucked. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. My uh, my brain tends to not shut off. Like a lot of times, I'll be like, "Oh, I got this to do, this to do, this to do, this to do," and then I won't, I won't sleep either for like an hour. I'll, I won't sleep for like, especially at night, because like, I don't get really motivated to like the afternoon, right? I yeah. am a born night owl, and the reason that is is I think a lot of it that comes from like my time in the hospital, and I think I told this right. story. On the, I think I told this story on the podcast before, but um. The reason I'm such a night owl is when I was little, <clears throat> I spent four and a half years in and out of the hospital between, you know, my eight surgeries, all that stuff, right? All the rehab I had to do. And mm. as one of the things that I would always hear the doctors and nurses say, especially when it came to like my heart condition and the really serious shit, they yeah. would always listen they would always talk to my mom and when they would say stuff they would say one it was a one sentence to my mom, and it stuck in my brain, and it, it must have triggered the way I do things. The doctor would always say, well, he's just got to make it through the night, right? They'd be like, well, he's just got to make it through the night. So I was like, yes. okay. They don't say he's got to make it through the day. They never say, oh, he's just got to make it through the day. So my little ass super genius brain that has since degraded from children and work and everything goes, okay, here I am at like two years old, right? Two years into this fucking nightmare, four and a half years in and out of a hospital, understanding, oh, he's just got to make it through the night, right? So what did I do? I stayed up all night. And when the nurses would come in, I'd pretend to be asleep, right? They'd come in, check on me, whatever, back in the 80s, you know, shit, but Shit was real loose back then, right? <laughs> so you you could get away with it as a kid, you know. I'd fucking have my teddy bear or whatever in bed, and I'd sit there and talk to my teddy bear real quiet the whole night, right? Just telling him, "Hey, it's cool. You gotta stay up. You gotta stay with me, right?" Well, then the daytime would come, and I'd sleep. And the nurses, well, well he sleeps all the time. He must be really tired. And back in the eighties, doctors were like, "Ah, sleep is good. Rest is good for him. You know, we'll wake him up when we need to do a procedure, or if he's got to do therapy or whatever." So. Ever since then, like, I've always been the kid that is, like, dragging ass in the day until, like, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll start to wake up a little bit. I'll start to kind of get my function. 6, 7 o'clock hits. I'm running. 9, 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm in hyper-creative mode. Midnight, I'm, I'm cooking away. 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm starting to wind down. 4, 5 o'clock, I start to fall asleep because the sun is coming up. And it's really rough because, well, one, I worked for a shift for a long time doing security. And then, you know, you got kids and a girlfriend and a dog, so you kind of got to be awake when they're awake. So, yeah, it, it's a struggle for me. And I think it's I think I think part of it is because I have an overactive brain. I don't I don't I've never been diagnosed with ADHD. I don't I don't have a lot of the symptoms, but I have this problem where my brain just keeps going. Right. My brain doesn't shut up. Too many thoughts, too many ideas, too many stories to write, too many games to run, too many video games to play, too many sound clips to make. Just every projects, 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 projects. You know, I'm like the I'm like the 
less successful, unmotivated version of The Rock right now. <laughs> Just uh, He's got yeah. something going on all the time. And my brain, too, is like, well, you should go do this. And then my brain goes, yeah, we can totally do that. And then my inner choir of self-hatred goes, yeah, but not that talented to do it. So I'm in this, I'm locked. I'm, I'm literally stuck in this push and pull with my own brain and my own self-hatred. Because my brain's like, well, you got six hours. You can go knock out this, that, or the other thing. And then my self-hatred goes, can't you don't? Can you know? What's it? What's it? What's it worth? Like, is any is anybody gonna care? I mean, yeah. we could spend six hours doing it, but what's the point? We could just go play Madden or League Bots, or we could go watch TikTok. Like, why? And I hate that. I hate that struggle. It's one of the reasons I want to get into therapy so bad. Is I want to yeah. learn cognitive behavioral tools so I can shut that choir up and be like, yeah, I got six hours. I can go knock out. Uh, audiobook because there's I, I recently signed up for ACX which is like uh, for those of you that don't know what ACX is it's basically Audible's uh, talent pool yeah. you sign up like people put their Audible books up on ACX for to find a narrator they list how long the project should take you send in a sample paragraph and if you get picked to do the Audible book you record the audible book and you get paid, right? Some of you, some pay up front, some of them pay royalties, some pay royalties plus. So depending on what book you land, you may yeah. make money, you may not. And I think that's the problem why I haven't done it yet is my, my self-hating brain is like, well, a lot of these are royalty based and you look at them and they're like, they're like, they're like authors like Nikki, right? They're independent. It's a gamble yeah. if their book's going to sell, right? And I'm, I'm not dissing anybody. So if anybody stumbles across this, I'm not dissing. I'm speaking about the reality of the situation, right? A lot yeah. of it is just independent people who busted their ass to get a book out, who want to get an audible version because a lot of people don't read anymore. They, they put a book on in their car when they're driving or whatever. They need people to read it, right? I've got a great reading voice, so I've been told. I do a lot of good accents. I, I put a lot of oomph when I'm doing stuff. So everybody's like, yeah, you should do Audible books. So I literally have an account to record Audible books. I haven't done it because I literally <laughs> downloaded. I have three books. One takes about 45 minutes. It's it's a little like novella, right? I was like, I'll start with the small one, get it out the way. It's like a sci-fi kind of cyberpunk noir book right up my alley, right? I literally been looking at it every night when everybody's in bed and I, I'm not streaming or I'm not playing video games. I'm like, just. The shop is quiet. I got, I've got audition open. Everything is set up. I got audition here. I got the book right here. The mic is right here. I got the the levels tuned in, and I can't hit the record button because my brain just starts going. You're not gonna make money on it. Why? 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 But then the other side of me is like, I'm up anyway. Why? Why not? Yeah. So I I really want to get. I really want to start developing those cognitive behavioral tools to like fight against that because like I said, I'm, I'm a less motivated, less successful yeah. version of the rock right now. I'm like, literally I get two hours of sleep, but I'm up all the time. Like he's up pumping iron. I'm literally sitting at my desk with a mic hot with a project. Just going, start me, do me, make me reality. And my brain's going, 
I think the other thing where is like yeah, getting the therapy is definitely going to help, but I think there's another underlying thing of is I mean it's not going to make me money, so what's the point? So well, you're not going to get the next Star Wars novel if yep. Nacon fucking knows that you even do it. <laughs> I know, right? right? So what does it matter if you're not going if you don't make any <laughs> money on the next five books that you do? See when that sixth book come along and it's yep. a decent book and you make a decent money on that. Then the five before it that the person read and heard and went, that's the guy. Then, like, I don't know if that's really anything to do with a behavioural thing. I think that's more just uh, getting your mentality into not every opportunity is right. going to make you money, but most opportunities are going to gain you something. Yeah, and that, that's it's a it's about grabbing the the opportunity. Like take every like it was Richard Branson, that Virgin Mobile Psycho. <laughs> he he had a quote, and he says it it was something like, um, "Take every opportunity and learn how to do it later." Yep. Says yeah. take the job and you'll learn how to do the job. Take whatever every opportunity that comes your way, grab it, and you'll learn how to do it later on. Yeah, that, that's but totally if you're constantly it. letting things pass you by, then nobody's like, if you don't take a chance on yourself, how can you expect anybody else to be taking a chance on you? If <clears> everybody <throat> else is just not even seen, because like that's what we've always said, so like like say like, so like the the uh, TTRPGs and that kind of stuff. I've only been told how good you are on the story based <laughs> all right. uh, games master. The only time I've ever done anything was the very original fucking Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, two episodes in and life yeah. kind of fell apart. So like I've never had a chance to to thing yet. And then you talk to like Zim and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, oh he's really, really good. Like see when he's able to just fucking just focus on it and get a story that done. He's got all these arcs and he's got and he's able to create all these other fucking immersions and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, that's awesome, but I'd love to fucking see it because at the moment that means fuck out to me. As far as I'm concerned, Docs is just another guy that says he can be a game master. Yeah. Like until he fucking shows me, then what what what's it to me? <laughs> no, I agree, hundred percent. That's fair. Like I have. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard for me too because like uh i do have a reputation like um with zim and, and strange tim and whatnot and it's like it's hard sometimes because everybody's like oh yeah he's so good at this he's so good at that and then my own negative self-worth kicks in and it's like shut up i'm not you know so yeah it's, it's one thing to be humble but like it's another thing to eh, have people say that and you know even attempt to show yep. off. Yep. Like, because at the moment, you're all just liars. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree 100%. At least if you're doing it, then that we can turn around and go, well, it's only Tim and that is a lying bastard. But <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, like, are you really? I mean, I know you've got your game on a Tuesday that you don't stream, right, mm -hmm. and 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 stuff like that. So, like, obviously there is still things going down, and then obviously like the Star Wars. You said when we we, we first started doing the Star Wars, you did say that you ha like 
you had like so much of the story done, yep. but you you felt you might have went too deep into it yep. that if we turned around and went, oh no, I'm not caring about that. I want to go and see this, yeah. and then I you're like, ah, too many chess fuck. pieces. Yeah. I had too many chess pieces. Like the first time I ran it, I had like this I had this huge sort of Bible about where the planet is and, and like what's going on where you guys would make a move and I would worry about what the other chess pieces had to do. So yeah. this on this reboot, I've sort of scaled it down to like one area and I'm just focusing on that area for now. And if you guys go to the other areas, I can open those other areas up. But um yeah. I think part of it was I think part of the part of the issue I had with the Star Wars, the first run of the Star Wars game was one, uh, like there was a lot of like, and I love Zim to death, but he was like talking me up big time, and it's like I felt pressure to live up to like his expectations, because I ran I ran a I ran a Shadowrun game, a home game with him and Bernadette and a few things, and that that game was really good. It was just a, a two man crew, and he had a really great time. And that hype that he had sort of carried over to Star Wars. And I'm like, bro, just... And I didn't know Dread really well at the time. I didn't know Tim really well at the time. You and I were just sort of starting to get together. So I felt a lot of this pressure to perform, so to speak. I felt yeah. like a lot of like, oh, okay, I really need to like step my game up. Because these guys, you know, they're they're hanging out on my channel. They're They're, you know, we're just becoming friends. There's a lot of pressure to like really kind of like blow their socks off and the universe was like oh that's fine here's a bunch of shit in your life that's gonna come crashing down and make you look like an asshole i'm like thanks life i just yeah love you too but yeah no i think a lot of it i think a lot of what you said is right is like a lot of it is not taking a shot because i'm worried it's not gonna pan out but i think a major part of that is part of the problem i'm having right now that one of the things I wanted to talk about is I'm frustrated um, with streaming because I'm broke, like really broke, broke, broke. The only income I have coming in is what Bernadette gets off of what she makes. And uh, I got the denial letter from disability this week, which is not unexpected, right? It's not unexpected, mm. but it was a blow, right? I was trying to stay positive. I was trying to I was trying to stay, keep my 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 mental space positive because if I got the disability, I could still stream and I could I could pay my child support and whatnot. And then the denial came, and now I'm facing an appeal that's going to take another three months. And if the appeal doesn't go through, I have to go back to work because I yeah. can't leave people hanging for a year. Like I can't leave my ex without child support for over a year. I can't. Yeah. I can't shirk my financial responsibilities out here. So part of my frustration is I'm feeling pressured to provide, right? Nobody here is pressuring me, right? Nobody here is pressuring me. No one on the, no one on the farm. I am yeah. because I know that my ex needs the money. She's not, she's great. She's not pressuring me about it. She's not complaining about it. She's, I know how bad she's struggling. And if I was providing child support, I could help that. So yeah. I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to feel it. And the other day I got really upset because I took my kids, uh, my son, Jared, and my other son, I'm still getting used to that word, uh, out. And I couldn't, we couldn't even go get like a soda because I didn't have any money. We ended up 
driving around and just like sitting in a car like it was really heartbreaking to me because like i used to be able to like we used to be able to go get lunch when i had my kid for a visit or we used to go get like shakes or ice cream and just go talk right we didn't do like big events but like i can't even do that yeah and and part of my frustration is now knowing that i'm on the clock with having to go back to work i'm feeling the pressure to like start hopefully have income coming in and things that aren't providing income are providing frustration for me like i love twitch i love doing all this but Twitch isn't doing shit. It isn't making me money. Like, nothing. Yeah. Like, I'm building great relationships, and, and you and I have the podcast, and I love doing the podcast, but a part of me is starting to feel the frustration of, I do all this work, and I'm not getting returns on the investments right now. And it's it's nobody's fault. That it's everybody who comes to the channel and is supporting the channel amazingly. But, like, my last couple of streams, I've had great view numbers, but nobody's followed, nobody's subbed, nobody's nothing. And I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody. I'm just saying now with the pressure I'm feeling and the the fact that I haven't been able to get anything my kids need, I'm really starting to get frustrated and, and a little depressed because I'm putting all this work in on all these other projects and they're not, they're not paying dividends. Yeah. And at some point when you're 42... You have to look yourself in the mirror and go, okay, is investing as heavily in this hobby that you have the right move? Or do you suck it up, get rid of the health insurance, even though you need it desperately, and go to work and take care of your family? That's I've been feeling that real heavy this week. Like and the other a lot of the other concerns I have is like, what if I gotta go back to work? I can't I don't know if I'm gonna be able to run the RPGs and things, so I've been personally struggling and I haven't talked to anybody about it outside of Bernadette because I don't want people to, one, I don't want people to feel guilty, right? I don't want them to be like, oh, I wish I could help Docs more, right? I don't, I don't want yeah. that. Two, I don't want people going, well, we don't know what Docs' situation is, so we need to count them out of stuff from the future, right? Because I don't want to do that either because I don't know what the next four months holds. It could, the appeal could go and hopefully will go my way we get disability i can continue to work on twitch and build this up and continue to build a brand and work with the drunk tank more and do all these major projects that we're talking about and pay my child support and, and still have health insurance to get my head right and get my heart fixed and everything but it's it's definitely a concern i've been feeling the last week and a half like i was frustrated last week because it was a down week i had a real bad week like that the views were real low like, I was playing things, and, and things weren't going my way, so I was frustrated. It was just a bad week at work, right? And then yeah. this week, I get the denial notice, and but things are going great on Twitch this week, views-wise. And it's just a lot is, like, kind of hitting at the wrong time. And I'm just yeah, feeling that frustration. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of those things. Like, it's like, I don't, I don't want to bitch about the fact that I have this job and like like everybody like everybody i tell this, this is my job i do this for fun of it and passion but i also eventually want it to turn into getting paid right i don't yeah, do well, this that's that's... you know i don't do this without an eye on the future of you know making something like if i yeah. if, if, I, if i was a rich kid who didn't need to do anything 
this I'd still be doing this, right? If I if I'd still be doing this because I love the podcast, I love doing the RPGs, I love it. I do it for the love of the game job one. But I'm also a realist. I gotta I gotta get paid at some point, right? Yeah. Cause I do got kids. I got a dog. I got a kids I got kids that have needs. I got responsibilities. So I don't know. A lot of that has been coming coming to a head with me lately and I was telling Bernadette last night, I was like, I just I don't know if I'm doing the right thing anymore. I don't know if I'm making the right move for the family. And to her credit, she's like, you know, just keep doing what you're doing until the appeal goes through. You know, don't don't get so far in your head where you just give up on what you're working on that's making you happy because you feel the need to, to take care of things. She goes, yeah, we're struggling. I'm not making a lot of money with Pure Romance, but we still have money coming in through other means. So don't don't get too far down the rabbit hole and you just give up because I'll, I'll do that sometimes. Like I'll get really, really, I'll get really low and I'll just be like, fuck it. And I'll shut off and just turn into a robot and just grind. Right. I'll just grind yeah. through whatever. So it's part of it is part of what I've been dealing with this week. And then on the other, on the, other, on the flip side, uh, my daughter Merck and I have had a great couple days of just bullshitting and laughing and cracking jokes and, talking about old stories and like we've been having good times out here on the farm we get a lot of work done so i'm kind of dealing with like this really extremes on both ends like on some levels things are really good and on some levels they're kind of dark and and ominous and then and then sometimes there's like this it, it cycles really bad and i kind of been going through that the last two weeks like the fibromyalgia pain I, I went through really bad last week after building all the fences and spending seven hours just grinding yeah. man we did so much on the farm so much needed to get done and i was so proud that we got it done but man four days i was down i was dying i struggled through the podcast last sunday monday and tuesday i was just i was dead dude i was fucking dead so i don't know yeah. I've, I've been in this weird like yo-yoing for like the last two and a half weeks and it's really been messing with me because in one moment i'm doing really great in some areas and another moment i'm low as hell and yeah. i I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, I'm just trying to ride it out, but like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I don't know. That's kind of what I've been dealing with and I haven't really talked to anybody online about it, but Bernadette and I have been communicating about it and just, she just says, keep, just keep, just keep hitting the go live button. Just keep doing your prep work. Just keep writing the RPG. Just keep, you know, trying to look at things and I, I don't know, man. It's just it's 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 a struggle I've been having lately. Yeah, I have, I agree with with being that is that yeah if your appeal if you're putting in an appeal and it's got to take three months was was the point in just right. gearing up for the next three months because if you gear up for the next three months and then the third month they turn around and the appeals in your favor you've just kind of stymied about for shat three months that yeah, you could have been growing and, and pushing and grinding and all that kind of stuff. I think it's one of the ones that the last year for you has been a fucking, like, there's been a lot of fucking shit shows that go yeah, on and you all that. your life, it, there's going to be a lot of... Yeah, but I think what it's kind of shown is that you really don't have the time to sort of just 
fight like day shit like that. I think the way it works is you just have to stick to what you're doing, do what you can, and take the things as they come to you, rather than preemptively expecting something. Yeah. Because let's be honest, there's been things that you've expected that didn't go well. There's things that you expected that did that did go well. So it's like I think that's kind of proof that you you've really not got the chance to be able to just fanny about and expect that this is what's <laughs> going to happen. So because chances are it's either going to go one way or the other way. So you might as well just try and keep yourself focused, keep yourself pushing. So if if shit goes south, you've got a community here that's ready yeah. to fucking help you. But I think at the same time, it is near the end of the world to kind of talk to other people because I don't think it's that people would turn around and say that they're not going to get let you get involved in things because you might not be here in a couple of months. I think talking to <sighs> other people about it would help be able to put the understanding like, 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 you look at those a couple of projects that you're working on the new. If you were to turn around the new and say, "By the way, this is the situation. Everybody can prepare." Mm-hmm. See if in three months' time you turn around and go, "By the way, see everything that you all worked very, very hard on and put time and effort in. I'm no doing it anymore. Fuck you." Right. That's that. That will be a lot harder to kind of come back from right yeah 100%. then just kind of saying look this is the shitty situation because nobody is going to hold a shitty situation against you because at the end of the day it's not as if you actively went out your way to do that <laughs> right. like it's just it's just it's out of your control it's what happened but it's like we always said it's like if you've got a delivery coming and the delivery phone you up and say, by the way, we're really, really struggling right now. We've we've had problem after problem after problem. We're going to have to delay your delivery. We're really, really sorry. Nine times out of ten, you go, do you know what? That's that's fine. Thanks for letting me know. Because then you now know. But see if you wait in for three days, waiting for that delivery, and they never, ever show up. And then you contact them, and they turn around and go, ah, we've been behind. You're a bit mayor. Why the fuck did you not tell me then? I've been right. sitting in the house waiting for you for three days. We've no went to work. We've had to sit in waiting. You've no turned up. That's fucking bullshit. So I definitely think letting people know, because I know you don't want to make everybody feel guilty as if they can't support you. So oh no, it's it's all nice to think you know that. That's the, the the point. I think what the, the difference is is if if you're letting people know, there might be at least something that each individual might be able to offer you and uh, I mean look at when you were building the PC mm. uh, your first go to was the ah oh, fuck I'm going to have to key up streaming and then right. you came to the thing me of well maybe if I put up a a, a a fun goal that we can start getting stuff together and then mm. before you knew it other people were turning around and going oh I've got this spare part I've got right. this spare part there you go there you go there you go so uh, they maybe have not been able to help you financially. They maybe have no, right. but they were able to help you in the only way that they could help you. And I yeah. think it's the same. And I think that's one thing that I know 
the likes of like mental health and depression and anxiety and all these other ailments, if you will. Right. Um, I I know that they they'll tell you things that really aren't how it is. That like that's what depression is. Depression is this cunty voice telling you that you're no good enough, that you're stupid, that you suck, that this is shit and all that kind of stuff. But that's that's what the illness is. That's the sickness is this internal voice telling you these things. And I think one of the the, the main things today is to try and reach out. Not everybody's going to be able to help you. Not right. everybody's going to be able to focus on you. But all it takes is that one person that can turn around and go, right, okay, let's let's sort shit. Because mm-hmm. everybody's got a way of dealing with stuff and you might find a, a better way of dealing with shit with other people involved. And right. I think that's why it's important to try and normalise mental health and depression and anxiety and PTSD and all these other sicknesses that if we can normalise talking about it, you'll find more and more people have actually dealt with it or are going through it or at least might have some advice, help to be able to not necessarily make you all better, but they might the simplest of being able to guide you towards where you could find help. Right. And but I definitely agree with B and that it's it's really not worth you just kinda going, nah, fuck it. We're up, we're done. We'll find yeah. out in three months what's happening. Because it's three months that you could be like you could you find me in three months. months. Exactly. So it's like there's always that chance, and the same way the audiobooks, the first five, six, hell, the first fucking 20 books that you do, maybe no bring you in what you're wanting to bring in, but what it is getting you is that fucking, that little bit of fucking knowledge that, like, you're you're learning the system, you're learning the ropes, you're starting to get that fucking thing, and then your voice is out there. It's the same way if you even said anything in that Discord. Yeah, I made my I made my introduction. Right there, you go. That's a good fucking start. I'm proud of you. Well done. Um, <laughs> but like things like that, like that's another opportunity. That for the first couple of weeks, it maybe not do anything, but that one fucking opportunity might just sprout itself, and you wouldn't have found it if you hadn't taken that first little step. Yeah, it's 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 that whole like. It's like shoot your shot, kid, right? It's the it's the it's that if you don't take your shot you never know if it's gonna land or whatnot that you see all like the memes about, right? It's usually yeah. the meme of like the the nerdy, ugly duckling trying to hit on like the supermodel, right? It's like, oh go ahead and take your shot, kid, because you never know what's gonna land and I I one hundred percent agree with that. I, I everything you said, mental health, the depression, because that's that's a lot of what I struggle with and it's taken me a long time to recognize that. Like I said, this year, I, I've always known that I've had, circ- I call it circumstantial depression because, like, if things are going well, I'm, I'm fine. I don't get depressive spells, right? I don't, I don't get sad. I don't, I don't have a lot of time where I'm down or, or I feel listless or whatever. If I'm, if things are rolling decently, they don't necessarily need to be good, but if it's just decent, 
I don't have an issue. But the yeah. minute something like serious, like little things are going to pop up that I don't get to real, but like big things like my having to go back to work full time and knowing I physically can't do it or getting told by a government body that didn't look at the full picture. Well, you're not as bad as you say you are. Well, you didn't look at the full picture. I know you didn't look at the full picture because at the exams, I tried to point out things and your doctors were like, no, we need to focus on this. Right. Big yeah. Things like that tend to get me to spiral or if i have a if i have a really bad fight with the girlfriend i'll i'll spiral right so i call my my issue sort of like a circumstantial depression so the circumstances are what trigger me right and this is one of those right this is one of those where i'm like um this is this is one of those things where it's like this is a big thing like i love doing twitch i love streaming i love podcasting i love role-playing but having the potential of having to go back to work full time because that's that's the only way I can make an income really kind of gets me in in that downward spiral. So trying yeah. to to talk to Bernadette was the first was the first step. Bringing you up on the podcast today so that I could talk it out and we could talk about it was another step. And like I said, I'm probably gonna make a a post on the Discord be like, hey, this is the situation. This is what's going on. Um. I'm going to work through it. We're going to work through it. We'll, we'll figure out a plan are all steps I want to take because I think once those are out there, like you said, somebody might be like, Oh, okay, well maybe I'll, maybe I'll shoot out an extra tweet that gets someone's attention. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just lurk to get that view count up. Whereas if I had something else I had to do, you know, or maybe I'll make sure yeah. that the lurk is up. So it's not necessarily about the money aspect, but it is because, I have real world financial things that have to happen. Right. So that's, that's a lot of times why I say money stuff. And that's why I said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to guilt trip people. Cause that's not, that's not my intent. It's just there, there's real world stakes riding on these next three months. Yeah. Right. There, there's real consequences that ride on this. So I don't know. It's just, and then on the other side, like I, I haven't felt, frustrated with my content really like since i really started knocking out games like i did children of morta and i did omen site and now i'm doing ori like i felt really good in the content i'm putting out i'm feeling like i'm very i'm very active even when chat is on lurk mode like i'm i'm making i'm making good yeah. comments I'm, I'm i'm feeling really good in my content with the podcast even though last week i was just it was brutal for me i still think like the last two weeks my content has been better than it's ever been because i basically was like fuck it i'm gonna do me and yeah. anybody who shows up is gonna get that where i would a part of it was you know worrying about this that or other thing so i'm really happy with the content i'm putting out and some of the stuff we got on the horizon for like it's the first time in a while that i've been really really happy with the content and some of the projects going on outside of the podcast because the podcast has always been a bright spot for me because you and I have a great rapport and we have great topics. And we have great conversation. We laugh and we joke and sometimes it yeah. gets really deep like it just did. But I think on a personal note, just like, I don't know. It's tough because like you said, we have that mental health issue that especially for me, I've got like imposter syndrome and negative self-worth and, and all this other stuff connected to other stuff. So a lot of times for me, it's like, you just, you get stuck 
and the worst the worst the worst fight i fight is the the voices in my head the the chorus of self-loathing and and self-hatred yeah. and and things that i say to myself not anybody else like it was kind of funny because my daughter mark and i were going through old photos right she was she was here b was having a rough day she was in a mood so we kind of gave her space right fed her mm-hmm. snickers let her do her thing so Merck and I hung out. We we're cracking jokes, and she asked me about like me as a kid, and we started looking at old photos. And there's a point in some of my photos where she goes, "Were you in a boy band?" It's just <laughs> like uh, apparently she's like, "How like how were you not dating anybody back in the day?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "Dad, you're." like the best looking dude out of your friends like i was like you're just saying that she goes no serious objectively <laughs> she goes i'm gay and you're my dad so take this with a grain of salt she goes she goes well you're the best looking dude out of the group of guys like you're how were you not like all of those guys had girlfriends and you didn't <laughs> like how it's like i don't know i just i don't know i never noticed or i didn't try or i didn't see anybody trying to date me she goes but like you actually like you look good. You dress nice. Your hair is nice. You, you look like you're in a boy band. Like, I was like, is this where she drops that "what happened" comment? Yeah, it just brings like, your yeah, crushing yeah, soul. Yeah, it's <laughs> like ten minutes later, she's talking me up about how I used to dress. This. She's like, "Now look at you." I was like, "What?" She goes, "You wearing cargo pants? You got gray hair?" I'm like, "Your mother loves my gray hair." She goes, "Your dad." I said, "What happened is I'm a dad now." I've been a dad That's for no fucking, for twenty years. I've been a dad. I've been working. She goes, ah, yeah, I I can see it. We're we're kind of hard to deal with sometimes. I was like, when was you? And there was Jared first, and then and then Aaron came along, and then I got you fucking crazy kids. Like, but it <laughs> it's it's like I said, it, it's even though she was saying nice things about me, I was still looking at my photos, going, how is how is that? Like, so my biggest enemy is that own my own little chorus of hatred that just yeah i i can't get it to shut up and 42 years in i'm finally trying to be like i'm tired of it i'm tired of being told that i'm not good enough i'm not and nobody likes me like bernadette mm-hmm. loves me to death she's uh, she's like madly obsessed with me in a lot of areas she's like last night like the whole night we went to bed at like three o'clock in the morning and she just kept telling how lucky she was to be with me and it's like woman i don't get what you mean i'm a moody fucking asshole i'm a badger like i'm i'm totally a badger Leave me the fuck alone, but then cuddle me when I want to be cuddled. Like I, so I'm just I'm tired of, I'm tired of these self destructive habits that I have. Like you said, like part of my brain is telling me, ah, eh, just shit to bed for the next three months and just give up and see what happens with the appeal and make sure your resume is up to date. And I don't want to do that, but I hear it. I hear it. It's like just just do it, you know. And I don't. I I don't know. It's it's a struggle. I didn't intend to talk about mental health today, but I think it's a good day to talk about it because it's something that I'm, I, like I said, I've been, I've been bouncing between having a really good time in areas and then having really dark thoughts, but not like dark, like Christmas time yeah. dark, just like professionally dark and like dreading in a lot of ways, like the next three months, because like I did There's this a lot fight, riding on it. I did this fight back in Wisconsin 14 years ago. I I did this fight and I lost and I it, it brought me so low that I wanted to kill myself. Like I was like I'm tired. I've been denied 3 times. 
I've talked to lawyers and lawyers are like, even I can't win this fight. And I was like, how? Because I take care of myself and I take care of my kids and I struggle to better myself. You can't win a fight. And the government says, well, well, you need to just lay in bed and, and have everybody wipe your own. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. But yet my heart needs a third operation. My hip needs to be replaced. My eyes are getting so bad. I need, I haven't had new glasses in three years. Like the, the real world complications and the real world stakes get so much sometimes on things where you're just, you're overwhelmed and you're just like, fuck it. And I think, I think what I'm trying to do now is get out ahead of it by talking about it, especially like Bernadette and then bringing it up today to talk about it with you, because I don't want to get to a point where I'm like, fuck it, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Yeah. It's I think it is, it's, it's one of the ones, like you'd said, you weren't planned on talking about mental health and that, and then you brought it up. I think that's another aspect of normalising mental health, is that there's never a wrong or bad time to speak out when you're needing help or you're struggling, or you just need somebody to talk to and all that kind of stuff. I think that the point that I want to make is that no matter what's going on, you can go six months building all this shit up if talking about it randomly at times where you don't think you'd normally talk about it. If it's going to help, then fuck it, that's what we do. So if it completely derails the plans of the podcast, I really do not give a fuck. Like mental health and talking about it is much more important than us talking about fucking video games or talking about future projects because if if at the end of the day we can talk about all the future projects if we want, but if you're building shit up or I'm building shit up and then it all comes to a head, what was the fucking point in the last three months? So, like... That's one thing I will reiterate to you and I'll reiterate to anybody that's listening to this is talking about mental health. Do not shy away or shun from it. If you get to a point where you're able to talk to somebody, talk. Don't think, oh, I can't talk because we're busy or they might... No, talk. Because there'll be a listener. There'll be somebody there. And if it's going to make or break you getting help, then... Don't shy away from it. Take every opportunity that you can, because I know, for personal experience, that your shitty depression and anxiety and everything else in between fucking limits that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't let you talk about it openly that much. So when you get to that point, just fucking let let go. Yeah, and and that I think I think that's a I think that's amazing to to put out there because. Especially like a lot of a lot of my peers right now are like twenty years, fifteen years younger than me. So mm. mental mental health for you guys is not as stigmatized as it was for me coming up. So like I yeah. appreciate I appreciate having friends like you and and you know <clears throat> hanging out with like Habba and and Dredd and those guys because every you guys are a lot younger, like in some cases a lot younger than me. So when when i say something i'm not usually like i don't want to say my older friends who i've been around would would shun me but like some of my older friends we don't talk about this like my cousins and i we all grew up hard 
Like my cousin, a lot of my cousins are the same way. We grew up hard. Like you don't hear, you don't hear my cousin Michelle bitching about how how things are like for her. She just she gets up, she goes to work, but she might need to talk. Her, you know, my uncle yeah. died like two years ago, and that really opened up the floodgates. You know, yeah, ex- exactly. When everybody was on lithium and they were shunned, but so having friends like you and and being able to be like, yo, I'm I'm kind of struggling with shit, is is easier for me now. Because I know that one, you and I have made it a point to kind of like destigmatize it between us, especially and with the podcast, because it is important. Like we do get low, and somebody like me, and I, I hate to use the my generation comment, but like we, you know, you didn't talk about it. You just shut the fuck up, put your boots on, and went to work, and then drank or you know ate fucking cake, right? Yeah. Yeah, or man up. Yeah. Always like, hated that fucking sentence, man up. Yeah, that's... Don't get me wrong, like, it's only been the last few years where I... Back in... When did I last split up? When did I split up with my first girlfriend? It was 2009. So, nice. what, 13 years ago? Mm-hmm. 30, so only 13 years ago. I had a, that it was the first time that I felt right down, like to the point where I was having certain thoughts that it, it's it's anyway. And I went to the doctor thirteen years ago, and the suggestion that she gave me was go and work out and man up and get over it. <laughs> that was the, the words that I was given by my doctor and. I, I will say I have not been back to that doctor since. I have yeah, went different doctor and all that good kind call. of stuff. Good call. But that was only 13 years ago. And mm-hmm. I was 19 at the time. Right. And that was the, the mentality of, you're a guy, fuck it, man up. <laughs> right, man up. Like, fucking lift some fucking weights. feelings, wow. Look at you. <laughs> lift some weights, man up, and go find <laughs> someone else to bang. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's a lot of what I got too. Like, as a kid, like when I. Like back in back in middle school, I I struggled with some stuff. We were going through a really bad spot. My mom was between boyfriends, and you know there was trouble at home. She's an alcoholic, bipolar. I was real struggling, and I went to my counselor. You know, I was having girl trouble because the girls were teasing me, and literally, like my middle school counselor, I swear to God, goes, "Well, just go to the gym. Uh, stop worrying about it, and." make the girls jealous by finding a girl that's actually gonna like wanna like be around you. I was like that that don't sound right. <laughs> like that was the equivalent of that was the equivalent of an older man telling like a fourteen year old Doc Ryan to go go bang the hot chick, get your body right, and drink some beers and you'll be fine. Like Yeah. No It's it's it is it's a fucked up kinda thing and I think that is kind of where the like a lot of the stigma is and it is quite prevalent that it's it's trying to like you you, you want to talk about certain things but you don't want it to sound in certain ways like <clears throat> yep. it's like the, the whole thing of mental health and that it affects absolutely everybody but I think most people can agree that the likes of depression and mental health and that kind of stuff, there was a lot more stigma towards men dealing with it. 
hence why suicide rates are a lot higher in men uh, and stuff like that because people just didn't like it just fucking man up and that kind of thing but i think it's at the same point of nobody really wanted to talk about it because as soon as you brought it up there was that sort of victimhood from the other side and it's the same like you, you look at today's problem right you look at a current thing of um like female gamers and uh, female streamers and right. just females in fucking general within video games and this whole no everybody knows there's a fucking issue there is a problem oh, 100%. with female streamers and uh, they have it worse but you still have those the only term you can say is fuckwits that are still having that victimhood of oh no no even men get trash talked on a game and you're like well yeah that's true but there's a lot darker things that women are going through within the gaming community than what boys are going through like you get told you're trash and that you're gonna your ma's gonna get shagged that's the fucking (laughs) gist of what happens like some of the messages that you that I've seen sent to and the worst yeah, thing is too. is it's not even as if it's in a private sector. Like some comments that are made blatantly in Twitch chats or in YouTube videos or Twitter and it's like it's horrific. Yeah. But you still really have hard. that group of the other side trying to play down that victimhood of oh but it happens or oh, the place and all that and you're like but that's not the fucking point the problem is is it happens like yeah. let's take away that it happens mere to one side it happens and it shouldn't right, the same exactly. way as mental health has a stigma and it shouldn't it doesn't matter if men have it worse when it comes to mental health because people don't that's there shouldn't be a people have a problem to begin with it doesn't matter whatever gender you identify as, there should not be a stigma against it. And I think that's what people have to start really looking at, is that there does they have to be a fucking reason why it happens to one group or more than the other. Let's just fucking stop it all together. Right, yeah, 100%. Like if your argument is, ah, women don't get it as bad because guys get it too, uh, you're like, mate, shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Like that does that. Why are you justifying it? Like, why are you trying to make it? Well, it happens to guys, so it's fine if it happens to women. Not just let's stop all together. It shouldn't right. happen to either. You should be able to play a game and fucking have fun. You shouldn't be getting told anything. Yeah, 100%. I agree. <laughs> it's it's it is it's just it is. Well, to 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 add to that, right? There's there's another complication of that, right? You got guys like me and you and Zim and. And a lot of the guys on the Discord who who collab with female gamers and and support female gamers and streamers, and when we do speak out or or we do like retweet like one of our female streamers or whatever, there there are dude bros who are like, "Well, you're just a white knight." It's like, no, motherfucker, I'm a good person. There's yeah, a I, that's that is something that's always pissed me off. <laughs> is this like you defend a female gamer, you're a yeah. simp, like. Yeah. I like, fucking oh, hate that. Clearly, you're just trying to get in their pants, and it's like, no, what it is is I'm a decent human being yeah. that accepts that everybody should be able to enjoy their fucking self without cunts like you. That's the problem. And I think it is one of the ones that a lot of people, they get turned away 
from kind of standing up and stepping up and all that kind of stuff, which is bad in itself because what fucking incel Jimmy are here that <laughs> right. thinks he's a hard man because he says a woman's shite. So, uh, think about it, right? I, I can always remember, right? You, you think back to the, even fucking know that long ago when it was a man's duty to protect a woman, right? And all that kind of stuff, right? I know which some is, women that can whoop a man's ass. Exactly, which I always found hilarious. But see, when you think back and you're like that, it was always like, you think back, ah, my granddad always told, or we always got told a story about my granddad. He was in a bar. Like, this was fucking years and years ago, right. like before I was even born, right? And he was before in a bar. Before you were twinkling your dad's eye. Yeah. Um, and he was having a drink, and there was a guy arguing with his girlfriend or his wife or anything like that, right? And he hit his girlfriend, and my granda stood up <laughs> and went, right, if you think you can hit her, let's go outside, right? <laughs> and <laughs> my granda got an absolute fucking kicking because the guy was bigger than him, younger than him, stronger than him, and he got an absolute kicking and he stumbled into the house and my nana was freaking the fuck out because he had black eye, he had fucking blood everywhere, he'd been hit early heat and the blood was streaming and all that kind of stuff and she was telling me and said, like, you need to stop getting into the fights, you need to get stopping into the fights and all that kind of stuff and she was explaining to me and what he said was, it doesn't matter because while he's hitting me, he's no hitting her. Her, yeah, exactly. Right, and it's one of the ones. I feel as if that should be a similar thing to the new. Know that it's a case of the guy should take the fucking hit right. because, like, it's time me. But I think we have to get to a point now where if something's going on that you're against, don't be persuaded no to step up and stand up for it. Right. Because there's gonna be somebody out there that says otherwise. At the end of the day, the only way that society can fix these problems is if you just fucking make your voice heard. Because if everybody makes their voice heard, it's it's a better for fucking everybody. And I think it should be the same across the board is we all should be fighting for safer environments online. For everybody, not just one sex or another sex or one gender or another gender or another, anybody. It should be a safe online environment for everybody. The exact same way as it shouldn't be shunned if a certain person speaks out about their mental health. It shouldn't be shunned if someone speaks out about anything. It should just be an accepted policy of if you're struggling... You say something. Right. If something's happening online, we all should be fucking gone with it in the one fucking stroke. We have to stop this division of it because it happens worse to one, but it shouldn't happen overall. Right, so let's fucking tackle that instead of just trying to fucking pick and choose. But don't be shunned away because you think, oh, if I think, because I would have like, if I'm gaming with somebody, anybody, even you, you could turn around and make a comment and it'd be the last fucking thing that you'd do anywhere close to me. Yeah. Like, I would completely, like, I mean, it would take a lot, but there's a lot of things that you could say that 
would fucking I would ditch your ass like that mm-hmm. because it's just not fucking right. If you're part of the problem, then I'm not taking you on the solution. And yeah. I think that's where like that's where a lot of the problems is is that people sort of condone these things. They don't step up and go, like if your pal says a comment, turn around and go, hold on a fucking minute. Who the fuck do you think you are saying that? No, that's not how this is going to be. And until you learn not to do that, you're not going to be fucking dealing with us. See if more people stepped up and done that, there'd be a lot less problems going on because there wouldn't have people to play with. If everybody yeah. else is turning around and saying, no, fuck you. There's no I've, I've had I've had situations where both have happened, right? When I was younger, there were some situations where I I had some friends that they'd say some really like wild shit, and I I would be like, "Ooh, that that don't sit right with me." But they were my friends. I would I didn't want to make my friends mad by being you know quote unquote the asshole and ruining the fun. But as I got older, that sort of mentality in me changed where. It's like I had a couple of friends that said some wild shit about a girl, and I I turned around and was like, "Dude, you don't know her like that. Shut the fuck up." And they're like, yeah. "Oh, you just you just you you know you want to bang her or whatever." It's like, no, that's just that's that's wild shit for no reason. Like, no, we're done. So I think I think a lot of it comes with, especially like the last part of what you're talking about, the people being able to stand up. A lot of it comes down to their own self confidence and the way that they sort of view things because a lot of people don't feel like they can stand up if they're going to get shouted down because they feel like they're going to stand alone right a lot of people won't speak out on stuff because they're afraid that they're no one to back them up right so i think that mentality of oh i won't say anything because no one will be there to to kind of back my play needs to um really kind of change what do you mean boy i'm recording the podcast Make it quick. What? Okay, well, I can't have you hanging out right now. When I'm done with the podcast, you can come hang out, okay? Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I think that is, uh, like, that is part of the thing, is that I understand people's, like, confidence, and there's a whole lot of things that maybe be running through their thing, their heat in that situation. But I think at the same time is that also is a stem of the kind of online environment is that people don't feel as if they have a voice because nobody's willing to kind of just stand up in that sense where Steve, you were getting mere people that would just stand up. Like if you're standing alone, who gives a fuck? See if it's what you believe in, fucking stand up because you'll find there's a lot more people that are actually on your fucking side. And it's the exact same thing as like, you can take that for the mental health part of it. Like, how many times, like, you've said, oh, this is what I'm struggling with, and there's three, four people turning around and go, to be honest, I'm struggling with that as well. Yep. Like, so there you go, within your friend group, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, like, it's one good thing that a lot of people, like, especially like on Twitch and that kind of stuff, they're, they're kind of bringing that into their communities. Like, they want to create safe environments in their communities because if you can create a safe environment in your community, that's one small little corner that you've created that people can come and that can grow and grow and grow. And if more people are making those little individual communities, 
they'll eventually grow and grow and grow where they'll start finding each other and then your communities will grow and you'll start getting a bigger, bigger, bigger of these little safe havens. And it upsets me that you have to call them safe havens for people online because yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have to go fucking tripping through the, the Amazon rainforest trying to find this tribe that'll accept you. That 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 fucking it upsets me deeply that that's mm-hmm. how you have to I, I have to explain that, but it is a case of if everybody kind of creates their own thing, if people say certain things, like I'm all for teaching people, letting them learn for their mistakes. There's a difference if somebody says something and you turn around and go, hold on, that was fucking wrong. We're gonna take you to that fucking situation until you can learn how to behave. See if they then take the active fucking role and bettering themselves, learning what they've done was wrong, making sure that they don't do it again. That's fine. Like Everybody's been brought up different. Everybody's minds work different. You might think something's all right on another case and all that kind of stuff. But learning that it's wrong, growing yourself as a person, bettering yourself as a person, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Everybody deserves that chance to right. do that. Everybody shouldn't be fucked to the side just because they made that one ill-advised comment that they didn't really believe or they didn't really understand yeah. was a bad comment. So everybody should be able to kind of have that redemption. The difference is if, if, you, if you don't make any attempt to try and better yourself, then fuck off. I want, you're, you're nothing to do with my community, nothing to do with me. You're out, that's it. So I think if more people started doing that, it could be something. Like, I mean, like, at this point, you know, you don't know what is going to happen, what might happen, but it's 2022. We're getting to the bottom of the fucking barrel. We need to start. Like, we should not be in 2022 and still have sexism, homophobia, transphobia, racism, well, fucking everything. Like, how can how can humans be on this planet for 10,000 fucking years and still have cunts? Like, I should... The, the Scots have kind of taken that. Like, you think Scots and Irish and fucking Australians and all that kind of stuff. Cunts just a term of endearment. You can be a sound right. cunt, a good cunt, a bad cunt. I know that kind of stuff, but we shouldn't be referring to people as a cunt in a negative in 2022. Right. Like, I'm sorry, that in 2022, we should have a lot more a safer fucking environment for everybody. Everybody should be able to be their fucking self at this day and age. Well, I, I totally agree, but part of the, part of the, part of the issue is, uh, as a species, and this is going to kind of harken back, and I, I studied anthropology in, in college. Basically, I, I, I didn't graduate because I, I didn't finish my basic general ed, but I finished all my major courses. So I went through all the anthropological, anthropological studies. And one of the, one of the issues that we have as, as a species is we are culturally hardwired to, uh, fear the other, right? So there's this, there's this theory called the other where like, if something isn't you or your familiarity or your tribe, you are automatically suspicious and, and, and very much the, well, they're not me. So I need to protect mine. So a lot of that comes from the way we've evolved. And now in the area of global communication and global understanding, the, that 
that mentality, that fear the other, shun the other mentality that is sort of hardwired into our lizard brain is hard for a lot of people to break down. Like uh, getting over that comes from how you're raised, the culture you're in and your exposure to others. Cause you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't break down that lizard brain reaction of fearing the other by not being exposed to the other. And in 2022, you have internet communications, you have instant video communication with COVID. The world is changing with how you interact. A lot of, a lot of what we're going to be doing now going forward is virtual relationships, right? Yeah. Virtual meeting spaces. And I hate that because I like seeing people. I like being able to like hang out with people in person. But it's a reality of the fact that we have a fucking raging plague on our hands. And it's not going to go away for the next two to three years. Because humans are dumb animals that don't <laughs> want to do what's in their best interest. Like, I, I get it. I'm not trying to make it political because they're idiots on all sides, but humans are dumb and don't want to do what's right for them for the most part in a lot of ways. So No, but you have to think. We used to always walk about and say, mate, if you wanted to stay away from somebody, you'd say, oh, avoid them like the plague. Right. Evidently, <laughs> humans fucking won't. Like, exactly. it's, it's obvious, no, they fucking don't. So don't avoid somebody like the plague because you'll have half the cunts fucking licking them. Exactly, but it, it comes, it comes, it comes to that thing like we talked about. Like, you aren't going to get over this this hardwired sort of suspicion of other things or other cultures or other orientations or other political spectrums. Nothing, unless you're exposed to it and you're open to to hearing it. So, and a lot, and in 2022, we have the luxury of instant global communication, instant exposure mm -hmm. to the other, and. A lot of what we're seeing is that that smashing together of that mentality of well they're not like me, right? And it's been happening since the since forever. But as every generation comes forward, the other becomes less and less scary. So a guy like my generation back in you know Gen X, we didn't know what gay dudes were. I mean, and I'm gonna use a word and I'm gonna use it as a reference. So pay attention. The word faggot was a commonly used word for, like, somebody doing something dumb or just something looking stupid as shit. That's just, right? We didn't know. We didn't know that there were people out there that that word hurt. But yeah. you got the 90s kids That's just kids the that ignorance. Right. Like, that's like what I said when we had uh, Game Akamon. Right. Was, there was words that we would use right. back then that, it, it wasn't our intentions. I mean, South Park, they have Phil episode on it. Right. Where exactly. it's like, well, it's, it's not because he's gay, it's because he's been a dick. Like, right, exactly. That's, that's another reason we, that's another way we use that word. Yeah. But and it's like, it, even look at, like, in Wales, right, it's, there's a Welsh delicacy, right? And it's called, it's pork faggots. That's what they're <laughs> called. We sell them in the shops. It's like little <laughs> meatballs and gravy. <laughs> right. So it's like, that's literally what, like, it's a, there's a delicacy in right. Wales that nobody finds, and I think that is is like I, I can understand why that can confuse a lot of people. Right. Is that like well, it can't be that bad if it's timey, and it's like like uh, Anthony said, he says it's the intent, yep, which is the main thing. So uh, it's it's and the sad thing is, is a lot of people have bad intentions exactly. when they use certain words, right? So, but yeah, as you were saying, sorry. 
No, it's fine. But what I'm saying is like Gen Xers use the 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 F word, right? The faggot word to describe people being a dick or just even the R word. Like we use retarded a lot too back in the day, or retarded or, or faggot or or just right. We use those words as expressions of behaviors, right? We didn't know that there were people that those words hurt. But then you get the millennials who come around in the, like the, the 90s and homosexuality and the rainbow mafia team rainbow starts to come out a little more, starts to, to to be recognized a little more. So guys in my generation are like, all right, well, OK, that that's good for them. But there are holdouts who still use those words, right? Then the 2000 generation hits and, and the year 2000 hits and you're starting to see representation for the LGBT community on TV, right? So the fear of the other lessons as each successive generation is exposed to the other. And yeah. I think I think the benefit of instant global communication and, and, and global media is exposure to the other, but there's a negative too. With that connection globally through through social media, you can find your little echo chamber where you yeah. can shut out the other right you can you can shut out all what the world is telling you is, is the right move right you can go on twitter and you can find fucking retard almost almost did it you can find assholes right yeah. you can find assholes that fit your stunted beliefs or your stunted ideology right yeah but if you take the advantage of looking at what it is as a whole for growth and progress, you can see the struggle of the other and relate to it. Like, yeah, I like your granddad, right? I was a bartender off and on for a long time. Same shit happened in a bar. Dude whacked his girlfriend. I was like, bro, that shit don't happen. You got to go. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know. Um, he was like, oh, whatever, dude, whatever, whatever. I was like, dude, you gotta go. He's like, no, we're cool. I looked at the girl. I said, you want him to go, right? And she's like, no, it's fine. I was like, all right, you, you're good. It ha Like anything like that happens again. It's on like Donkey Kong. Sure yeah. enough, 30 minutes later, like I was keeping an eye on him. I had my bar back, keeping an eye on him. 30 minutes later, dude's like, hey, bitch, instantly me and the bouncer snatched this dude up before I could hit his girlfriend, dragged this dude dude's ass outside and we're like you're done we'll we'll get your girl a cab she can go to her girlfriend's or whatever he decides to go well i'm gonna fuck both of you up <laughs> me and the bouncer are like there's two i look at the bouncer the bouncer goes you want this one i'm like dude you're 6'4 240 i'm 5'7 and 155 he goes yeah but i just want to watch you kick this dude's ass the whole time we're having this conversation, homeboy's getting all up in his all up in his shit. Like we're like, calm down, Stanley. We'll get to you, right? Yeah. So eventually, long story short, I end up getting in a I end up getting in it with this dude, whooping the dude's ass, taking my fair a punishment. No lie, he got some shots in. Go back to the bar, busted up lip, fucking, you know, eyeball. Finish the shift. Dude's out being hauled off by the sheriffs. The girl looks at us and goes, what'd you do that for? We can't let him hit you. Like. 
He's not hitting you. He's not going to be hitting you tonight. Hopefully yeah. after tonight, he ain't hitting you no more because you learn better. So, I don't know. It's just, I agree with your granddad. Like, I agree with that statement. He's, he's not hitting her. He's hitting me. Like, I've done that yeah. my whole life. I've stood up for kids with disabilities like that. I've stood up for the other kids. Like, I always got into, like, scraps at school and, yeah. like, and in high school. Like, I broke a kid's wrist in high school because he slapped his girlfriend. And I got suspended for, like, two weeks. Like, <laughs> so I, I, I think I think it as well, but that it can also be thinking of if like you, you need to also make the point of if it was a guy beating up another guy, would the same outcome have been happening? Would you have stepped uh, in and yes, thinking that? Have. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, right. I think for a I lot of people. Have. A lot of people in that situation, it's the same as every in, in every other situation, is they'll only do certain things for a yeah. certain like situation or scenario. Right. So, and I think that's that's the the point what I'm making of there shouldn't have to be restrictions or certain Can filters put on yeah. that the is the only reason you're gonna thing me up like you shouldn't just be stepping up and going, oh, we have to stop uh, fucking shitty bastards online attacking women. So, mm. no, we have to stop shitty bastards attacking anybody online. So, right. it shouldn't be, uh, we have to stop uh, these guys for attacking women. No, what we have to do is stop everybody for fucking attacking everybody because, right, 100%. like, not one person is should be more protected than another. And I think that's where, like, it's it's always been that division because if you're turning around and saying, oh, we have to, we have to save all the that's where you get those stupid fucking thingies that are turning around and going, oh, but what about men? Men's lives matter as well. Uh, yeah, and it's like, bullshit. well, that's not the point. The point is, is like, I understand the point that we're raising is because it's more prevalent there. Like, like as 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 apparent, like it's it's more unsafe for a woman walking down the street that at night than it is for a man. So, uh, but we're not saying that men don't get attacked when they walk down right? the street at night. Like that was never the fucking argument. But what we're saying is that there's still a fucking issue here, and and that's it. And it's the same way online. So, uh, at no point if we turned around and said that men don't get comments and that like that online what we're saying is women get it a lot fucking worse and it's a lot more difficult for them to be able to fucking progress through things because of people like that because they wouldn't say certain things to another guy like and there's some things I'm not going to say things because I'm not going to start triggering things but there's things that get said directly to women or uh, the, the the Team Rainbow uh, and all that kind of stuff that it wouldn't be said to another yep. population. And it's like, again, we're not saying that it doesn't happen. We're just saying it happens a lot more. Yeah, and we have to try and curb that shit. But we have yeah. to curb it all. And again, I don't want it to sound as if I'm saying we have to stop fixing just that one problem and start fixing right. it all. What I'm meaning is, yes, we have to solve the, the, the main issue that's going on right now, 
but we can't stop there. Mm-hmm. It should be a safe haven for everybody online. Like, nobody should go online and be attacked or feel scared to go online for any reason. Yeah, apart from right. if you're a dirty bastard and you deserve, or, and even uh, you don't deserve to be attacked or anything like that. That's why we have a justice system. That's why we have prisons. But it's still one of the ones. There's a big fucking issue in this whole, and it's victimhood. It's mm-hmm. this somebody can't have something go against them without them having to feel that they're just they're worse off. Yeah, and I and, think that's a huge thing that we need to work on, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a very big societal problem. Everywhere, not just in the Western world, it's fucking everywhere. Do you, do you think, and this might get weird, and I don't mean the tinfoil had it, but like, do you think a lot of like the reasons why we don't deal with stuff on like a societal level is because like there is that fear of like loss of identity? Like, the more we become globalized, the more we become interconnected throughout the world, there is, there is, a, a, there is in, some, in some parts, a fear of, like, well, the one world government, the loss of, oh, well, I won't be, I won't be an American anymore, or I won't be a Scotsman anymore. Everybody just wants us to make us the same person. I think on some levels, the, the loss of cultural identity or, or the loss of personal identity is a limiting factor for some people because when you talk to some people, especially the older generation that I talk to, the the thought of like the one world government terrifies them. Where maybe like but that you see in like popular media like Star Trek, they have the one they have the Federation, which is basically a globalized government, and everybody's part of the Federation and things are, you know, better. So I think a lot of yeah. a lot of the a lot of the struggle and the fight against solving a societal issue is not only their fuckwits, but some of it is they're worried that they're going to lose who they are if they, they become more integrated and everybody gets more of what they deserve and, and become but more the accepted. problem with that argument is nobody saying you have to stop being American what we're saying is stop being a racist fuck. Exactly. Thank you. Like, that's, that's um, what I was like we have out. the UN. The UN is a worldwide that are trying to stop <laughs> yes. major issues <laughs> going Look through. At Ukraine. Look at what's going on in Ukraine right now. Russia's about what? to fucking whoop on the Ukraine. Yeah, but the, the fun, like, this is the thing. Like, I'm not going to go into that, but the problem right, with the Ukraine-Russia but... thing is that everything was fine until Britain and the United States decided, oh, don't fucking... Do-. Russia yeah. and Ukraine were mixing amongst themselves and all that kind of stuff. And when America and UK turned around and went, Russia, if you do that, there's going to be consequences. Russia are the type of country that went, Fuck around oh, let's out. fucking find out the consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to go into that because that's, right. that's another thing. But... Yeah, like you're not like, but even in the Star Wars world, yeah, you had the the, the like the the galactic and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but you had the Death Star. You still <laughs> had all the different races. You still had all the different cultures. You did. The difference is, is we're not saying you're not allowed to be American or Scottish or anything like that. What we're saying is, stop being a cunt. Exactly. If if somebody from Iraq wants to come to America, 
who are you to say that they can't? Did you give the Native Americans the chance <laughs> right. when you turned up? No. The exact same way as the Saxons didn't give the Anglos the chance when <laughs> they turned up in England. It's it's this that like for me that is just a stupid fucking argument of it is. oh I don't want to give up my culture. So well see if you deem that your culture is what people are taking away and people are trying to take away the shitty parts of it. You are just wanting to keep the bad parts. Would at no point if has anybody ever turned around and said that we want to stop America existing? All everybody has said is we want to stop the racism and the homophobia and the sexism and all that. Same here. Nobody's ever turned around and said we want to get rid of Scottishness. No, what we want to get rid of wait, is the cunts and <laughs> exactly. and allow people to feel free and and safe and all that kind of stuff. And it's like. Like, I know it's a bit of a first step when you're thinking like, like, we really shouldn't have borders and we shouldn't have fucking, like, third world countries and first world countries and all that kind of stuff because it's like, the capable should step up and do things for the incapable. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it should be. Is if, if you're capable of doing something, like working away and all that kind of stuff and, and thymian your money, right? There's people that are incapable. That's what your taxes are. Yeah. You go and work, you pay your taxes, and the people that are less fortunate and are incapable of certain s- scenarios or situations or work or anything like that, we cover their ass because nobody should struggle to fucking survive in right. 2022. The problem that there is is there's too many people that have decided that they want to keep everything, but they build it on the capable. So it's the capable people that are building up these assholes that don't want to give their shit to everybody else like you you think about it like look at the fucking net worth of the billionaires and all that kind of stuff yeah. could end world hunger fourfold but they don't they don't do that and that's where society has problems and i think when you actually consider it it's that it's mere people that are scared of this global government because the global government would probably turn around and go, by the way, you don't need $6 billion in your bank account to survive. We're capping you. You're allowed to have half a billion. That's the max amount of money that you're allowed to own because you do not need... Like, you don't even need that. Like, you give... See if you gave me a million pounds, I could live the rest of my fucking life comfortably on a million pounds. You do not need stupid amount of money to fucking survive because all that it does is sit there. And the funniest thing is, is money is not real. Money yeah. does not exist. Money's like, a construct. Like it's IOUs. It's the exact like there was this. There's this statement right or this story right, and it's a traveler comes into like a western town, right? All back in the eighteen hundreds, right? It's a western town, and a man walks in, and he goes to the hotel, and he says, "I need a room." And the guy goes, "Right, if you, it's a hundred dollars, but if you don't like the room, we'll give you the hundred dollars back, and that's it." And he goes, "Right, that's no problem." So he goes up and he sleeps in his room, and the hotel owner goes, "Fuck, this is awesome! I owe the butcher a hundred dollars." So he goes down to the butcher, hands her the hundred dollars. That's his debt being paid, and the butcher sits there and goes, "Fuck, I want a hundred dollars to the optician." 
So he goes away down to the optician, hands over the hundred dollars, and he's like, "That's all my debts paid." Optician goes to the post office, gives the mailman his hundred dollars that he owes him, his debts paid off, and the mailman turns around and goes, "Fuck, I still owe the hotel owner that hundred dollars for that room that I paid." So he goes into the hotel and goes, "Mate, there's your hundred pound or hundred dollars." He goes, "Awesome." Traveller comes down the stair and goes. The room isn't what I like. I'm going to leave. Hotel manager gives the guy his $100 back and he leaves. All debt's been paid. Right. And the traveller's left with his $100. Money does not exist. It is a construct that government and banks created to have a stranglehold on society. Mm-hmm. If everybody was just to fucking, like, see if the farmers just grew food and gave it to people that needed it. And then the you had engineers that just made things and moved on technology, and you had delivery drivers that just delivered shit, and you had opticians that just helped people. You could let, like think about way back in the fucking did you when we were evolving, you didn't have the fucking apes turning around and go like, oh, I'm not going to give you this protection unless you give me seventeen of your berries. Fuck you. That was the how it worked. Right. It's it's it's. Nowadays, where it's all came into thing, because the rich people wanted to be rich, it was a, a value statement. It was look how fucking important I am because I have this piece of paper that basically says I owe you money. Because right. that's just that's all it is. It's a piece of paper that you've went in and went, I owe you this amount of money for this service that you have provided me. It means nothing. <laughs> so if we just go already, see if we just go already that and like. You think back to the time where you, you turn the room and go like, oh, I need some ribs for my dinner, but I'm the baker, so I'm going to go down to the butcher's with a couple of loaves of bread and go, look, can I swap you a couple of loaves of bread for mm-hmm. a couple of ribs? That was how it worked. Yeah. And I feel as if it was a simpler and better time back then. Yes, there was plague and there was you right. were dying at 42 and shit like that. But, oh, thanks, I'm 42, I appreciate that. But but that should be a statement itself that medicine and all that kind of stuff's moved on along, that we could still be in that situation, but be better off. But it's like... I know, but fuck them. It's, it's, like, it's genuinely just fuck communism, them. It's egalitarianism, okay? <laughs> like, Chris, you highlighted a good point. Back, back, in, back in... See, cultural systems, and this is getting into my anthropology background, and if I get too academic, please stop me, but cultural systems evolved and the whole idea of the rich, the rich person comes from like the chief or the big man uh, version of like a cultural system. Like you have like egalitarian societies where everybody was equal and everybody shared, which is what you're describing, which is the idea of communism that the society works for the betterment of the whole, right? The idea. <laughs> okay. You have an egalitarian view of every well the baker needs the baker has bread, but he wants ribs or, or meat, so he goes and gives a couple loaves to the butcher and the butcher gives him the meat. The farmer needs a, a roof put on his house, so the carpenters come over and put a roof on his house. Yeah. Because yeah. then the farmer can still make the food, right? That's the egalitarian system of culture, right? The problem is as we as progress quote-unquote progress moved on and, and societies evolved leadership and the big man or the chief version of societies took on the more prominent role because 
there's a belief that humans feel that they need a leader, right? That's it's a it's not a true belief, right? It's not true. But somehow this mentality of like people need to be led is the predominant societal structure. So who leads? Well, the people that have the most value or the, the most worth. And back in uh, back in other times, value was determined on, you know, A, who's the best hunter, who's the best negotiator, who has the most land, all that stuff. Like, it, it somehow got broken up into that strata, stratifications, right? I'm not a professor by any means. If I fuck this up, don't come for me in the comments, but I'm trying to give you a broad view of it. In my estimation, the wrong cultural systems got lifted up, which which is the non-egalitarian systems, right? The ones where the the community, the health and the health and wealth of the community is in its people, and what its people can do to help the community, right? That is the ideal system, where like I'm look at me for instance, my skill set, what I could provide to a community. I'm a skilled cook. I know how to butcher animals. I know how to hunt. I I have an extensive background in the martial arts so I can train people to protect the village. I'm also well-read and well-educated on a lot of subjects so I can teach younger generations, right? Those are a lot of things that I could benefit my community with. So if if any of those things in my wheelhouse came about, I could help do that. We don't value that anymore. We value earning potential because we look at uh, monetary systems as value and worth. So you have guys like Jeff Bezos and fucking Bill Gates who have $42 billion because they got the idea to start a business to provide a service that was built on the backs of other people who they then reap the benefits of and don't give back to the people that, that lifted them up, right? Now, there's no there's nothing wrong with profit or success. There is something wrong with excess profit. Excess, right? Yeah. So, like you said, you need to realize how much you need. And yeah. Billionaires could end world hunger fourfold. You know why they don't? Because it's not viewed as their responsibility to do so. That's the government's job. Yeah. It's it's the Batman dilemma, right? Bruce Wayne could fix Gotham as Bruce Wayne. But he takes all those great resources and dresses up in body armor and kicks the shit out of people... And he thinks he's cleaning up the town. Now, granted, Bruce Wayne does a lot of philanthropic things for Gotham, blah, 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 corruption. And that's the key. In all those systems and governance or societal systems, we never factored in the concept of greed. And greed is a construct and a, and a thing of, well, I have it and I want more of it. We, greed wasn't a thing until people started to stratify themselves and say, oh, I have this more than you, I have more than you. In an egalitarian society that you've described and a lot of people have described, 
Greed doesn't exist because nobody has more than the other. You don't have, you know, but the, the community flourishes. So once we can, if we can root out greed and corruption and self-interest, we can start to fix societal's issues, but we have to combat human nature and human nature is greed, power, control, dominance, because we're an animal species who had to compete with other creatures that would easily put us on a census, take us off the census report. So we countered mm. that by being smarter, stronger in some areas, faster. We made tools. We outbred other species, right? So yeah. those are all things that we have to recognize, and we don't, as a people, recognize those. We, we know they're there, but we don't call them out. We don't acknowledge them, and we don't do anything to fix them. So like like Hebel was saying, and it's, it's the zombie apocalypse uh, argument. Same thing. In yeah. a zombie apocalypse, zombies aren't the problem. Zombies aren't the enemy in a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's, it's why it's a zombie apocalypse. No. No, no, no. Watch every zombie movie out there. The real enemy in a zombie apocalypse are the other survivors. The other survivors who want to take what the other survivors have so they can protect themselves. Zombies, zombies are just like any other predator, right? Once you figure out how a zombie works, you can deal with it. It's the people in a zombie apocalypse that are the danger. Because they're the ones who are going to stab you in the back. The zombie ain't going to stab you in the back. Zombie just wants to eat your brain. Zombie's just a predator, right? Zombie's just an animal. It's the other humans who are desperate, scared, that you really have to worry about. And, um, excuse me, sir, the clickers are in the back. You know what? We're not talking about the clickers right now. Or I mean, Abby. they are. The clickers are the bad people. Abby's just a cunt. Abby's, well, I mean, <laughs> we've had this discussion. Abby... Abby's whole situation was poorly represented. <laughs> oh no, I know, I know all about Last of Us too. But yeah, Abby's situation was poorly presented. But let's let's not go there because I I have strong feelings about the the that Left for Dead or uh, Last of Us two shit. But it's it's what you said though. I totally agree one hundred percent. Money is a construct that was, and the banking system is a construct because out of the big man or chief sort of stratification of society. That's where money came about. And I believe that there's value and people should be awarded things for providing services. And like you said, the butcher's got the meat. Bring the butcher some bread if you want some of his meat. The farmer needs a roof on his thing so he can continue to make food for everybody. Put a roof on the man's fucking... Put a roof on the man's farm. Even at that, like, gone right. with that, like, that would be a smart thing to think. But even at that, you could still have the current construct of you have to go and buy stuff if somebody's offering you a service and that kind of stuff. But that could work if governments weren't so greedy to the yep. point where Jim has to work 68 hours oh, a week yeah. to be able to afford a one-room studio apartment in a run-down, shitty area of a city, mm-hmm. or you need to have both parents working 90 hours a week, yeah, be able to hustle. provide for their kid in a fucking two-bedroom apartment. The, the the thing where it is, is if, if governments were not so greedy, or if governments were even to fucking tax the rich, then, like, you could still have the constructs of money where you have to go down and buy, but we shouldn't have to pay... Exorbitant seven amounts. pound for a fucking loaf 
Right. We should not because it isn't the baker that's forced to make his prices seven pound for a loaf. It's the fact that he has to pay rent, he has to pay electricity, he has to pay gas, he needs to pay for staff, he needs to be able to pay his own rent, he needs to be able to pay bills yep. and all that kind of stuff that are so extortionate because other people have decided that they're going to charge X amount. Yeah. Like, so I'm not even saying that people have to just do things for free. Like, let's right. go back to that. Well, if that. you have got a service that you can offer, you can th- because there is, the the problems with that kind of thing is the butcher has that, but he goes to the baker and does that and the thing that can't. But the incapable people have been able to work. Yeah, they might still have skills that they can offer and all that kind of stuff. But if you are a paraplegic that has can't do any skills, can't work, can't thing me, and they just left to die because they can't go and offer like I'm not giving them a loaf of my bread if they right. can't give me something back. So it's like you don't even have to go as 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 far back into it as like you have to have a skill to be able to think right. get something else have somebody else. It should just be the fact that you should be able to live in twenty twenty two without struggling. You should. Like, I agree. You, like, you should not have a country like the UK. Now, I'm going to quickly look up this stat, right? Because this this stat fucking destroys me inside. Um, I'll hope it's going to fucking tell me. Right? <laughs> there we go, right? In the UK, research published in 2017 found there were over 2,000 UK food banks, a country that prides itself on its wealth and its dominance and all that, relies on 2,000 fucking food banks where people that can't afford to feed themselves and their families need to go. Meanwhile... The government is spending two hundred and ten million pound repainting a fucking plane that the prime minister flies in. Yep, that's where the issue comes to it. Oh, is yeah. why the fuck is a, a a member of parliament getting paid eighty one grand a year for doing fuck all? Well, he's not doing fuck all. He's making the laws that govern your society. No. The MPs in this society do fuck all. They do not do enough to merit 81 grand a year. And to make things worse is the politicians are the only fucking job in the world that are allowed to vote on their own pay raise. Right. So, yeah. Um... The the government MPs are a shower of cunts taking eighty one grand a fucking year. Exactly. Exactly monster. But for a country like the UK to have two th- over two now this is twenty seventeen. We don't even know if that's like the current number. But there's one thing, right? It's like the sentence there is research published in twenty seventeen found there was over two thousand UK food banks with six hundred and fifty one being independent of the Trussell network, right? Uh-huh. And then there's a wee thing here where it says end of year stats. There are more than thirteen hundred food bank centres in the Trussell Trust UK. So 
in five years, the Trussell Trust themselves have doubled the amount of food banks required in this country. Why the fuck is the UK the great, this great fucking nation, oh my fucking God, having to have their fucking people and population live off food banks. It's a disgrace. And I'm sorry, you can sit there and go, oh, the UK, we owned fucking half the world. We done this, we done that. Yeah, we fucking pillaged and fucking invaded. It was not good. Our history is not a fucking thing to be proud of. I am sorry. The British fucking empire is not a proud history for us. We were a bunch of cunts that took what we wanted that didn't belong to us. And, and then now <laughs> we put them in fucking museums saying, look at this wonderful stuff from this complete other country that us trying to get it back. Look at all these artifacts that this country had for thousands of years that we turned up, stole... And now we parade it and tell them that they can come and look at it, but they have to pay us money. Like, that <laughs> that whole fucking thing just... It does not fucking sit well for me. And um, yeah, that's where person. you have to go... That's where the problems are. Like, so well, we don't have to have a... You have to be a butcher, you have to be a baker, let's just swap right. things. But we have to have a society where you can live comfortably in 2022 without the thought of hate or starvation. Well, yeah, and, and to make and to, I'll even one-up you. There was, a, there was a study released a couple of years ago in the U.S. that literally said there are more abandoned homes than there are homeless people in totality. Why it's do we have homeless stupid. people then? Yeah. There, there's literally one and a half times more abandoned homes than the total amount of the homeless population at the time of that study. I think it was 2018 or 2015, somewhere around there. If that's yeah. the case, then the government should use its power of, what is it, uh, eminent domain, reclaim those abandoned homes, build them up, and set up programs where homeless people can move into these homes and get on their feet. It's the argument of universal basic income versus welfare, right? Welfare provides a ceiling where if you go above the ceiling, you lose like the welfare safety net. Yeah. Universal basic income. And I know there are some people lurking in chat that have real, real fucking strong opinions. I'm not saying one way or another. I'm just giving you sort of the argument, right? Um, welfare programs provide a ceiling. And if you go past that ceiling, the, 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 it drops out, you're, you're on your own. Universal basic income, the theory provides a floor. It's always there. You can yeah. count on it. it. It doesn't matter how much you make, you don't lose it. It's always there. It always takes care of. It's the floor instead of the ceiling, right? If that's the case, if there are more homes, abandoned homes, then there are homeless population, in my estimation, as a generally decent human being, quote-unquote, take those homes, Fix them up, get a program set up to get these people moved in so that they can have a safe place. Um, food insecurity should not be a thing in 2022. Grocery stores and restaurants throw out more food than is bought. <laughs> well, here's something for you, right? Like, like it, it, find me on that whole thing, right? It says, as of 2019, 567,715 Americans were experiencing homelessness, right? 
Um, uh, the the Census Bureau estimates that there are seventeen million nineteen thousand seven hundred and twenty six vacant housing units in the country. Yep. Right. Um, where was it I said? Right, because my my gripe is that you've got all these homeless people and governments and councils and that are making things of putting down like anti homeless fucking spikes yeah, and that's things. Bullshit, are, right, by the way, it says uh, no matter where what country you live in, chances are you've seen anti homeless architecture. It can be simple. While it seems harmless, these armrests are not for your arms. Their spikes only reveal themselves at night. Right. According to N Homeless, if Congress were to provide just $3.1 billion for homeless assistance in 2021, then homeless would be able to keep up with the rising eviction rate. While 3.1 seems like a lot of money, it's lower than the annual cost spending of homeless shelters, which is roughly $12 billion a year. So basically what they're saying is it's costing them $12 billion a year to put up these shelters yep. that only cover X amount of homeless people, right? Yep. Then there's also another, like, you don't know how much money they're putting into these fucking spikes and benches and yep. all that kind of stuff to be able to stop homeless people thing, it? So if they were to spend half of that, and you could even just turn around and say, these hussies, that you don't have to go and, like, repossess these homes that are abandoned and that kind of stuff. Like, you could make it a system of the owners of these houses are going to get paid $300 a month. They're not mm-hmm. making any money yeah. on these properties already, so if right. you're paying them $300 a month to allow these homeless people to live in it, because nine times out of ten, the only reason that homeless people are homeless is because they've no... Most companies or most banks, you're not allowed to get a bank account unless you have an address you don't you aren't able to usually get jobs unless you have an address because you only be able to get paid unless you have a bank account so if you were to give somebody an address most homeless people would want to go out and get a job and get back into society and provide themselves they don't want to live on the street they don't want to live on fucking squalor they don't want to live on benefits they want to be able to all that's happened is they've hit a rough fucking time. And in America and in the UK in 2022, we shouldn't be in a position that the countries can't fucking provide for their citizens to that point of paying $300 a month for an abandoned building to house these people. They'll do them up. They'll go out and get a job and they'll fix themselves up the time. You could easily turn the room and go, right, it's 300 a month that we're going to pay for your rent and all that kind of stuff. We're going to give you a £1,000 check to get yourself the basic starts and all that kind of stuff. But once you reach a certain point in your like earnings, you'll have to go and get another house, your own thing. Or you turn around and go, what will happen is you'll then have to negotiate with the landlord to pay that money. Yeah, 100%. And And that's how it goes. There was a study in 2020 done, it's called the Tiny Homes Project, right? It's basically the government, I I think it was in California or, or somewhere, it was the government basically built a bunch of little tiny homes for homeless, put these homeless people in it, gave them services to get them on their feet. And... Within six months, 95% of the occupations of the tiny homes moved out of the tiny homes into their own homes. Yeah. But yet there's this mentality, there's, this, there's these couple mentalities of, well, pick you up by your own bootstraps, right? 
You, I did it as a young lad. No, you didn't. You had your dad's money. You had your dad's family to support you, right? You didn't pick shit up by your bootstraps. You had support. It was family support, not government support. <coughs> Hang on. <coughs> and then there's this mentality of, well, well, if you give people for free, they're just going to take and take and take. No, they're not. No. Some will. Yes, some will. But the majority of the people won't. And it's this fucked up flipped ass mentality where we, we judge the minority as the majority. Yeah. And it's bullshit. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 there's, there's a lot of problems like that that it's sad because like like that, like I know there's a lot more complications behind right, it. Like, there's, there's a, a lot of things that like we are we can sit here and we can talk about how fucking simple it would be just to fucking fix all these kind of situations. And it is, it's complicated. Behind the scenes we don't know. But we look at the broad <laughs> idea. We look at the broad problem. Yeah. We look at we look at the broad we look at the problem and we look at the overview of how to fix it. Right? We don't know and I didn't mean to cut you off. We don't know like how the funding works or what the yeah what the leasing is or what the utility deals are right we don't get that but we're two idiots on the internet who look and go well you got x amount of dollars being spent here yeah half your the americans could half their fucking military spending and fucking that would cover that's what 350 billion a year Taking account they spend seven hundred and fifty-two billion a year, even <laughs> though China, who are in second place, spend a fifth of that. I know, like we, we, great fucking we, work. We uh, the the military spending budget in me is something I've gotten into fights with my family about because we, we, why we yeah. spend more on the military budget than every country in the world combined. Well, no, we can, you spend we, more a year on military funding than the next 27 countries. Right. 25 of them are allies. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, we can literally cut our spending budget in half and still spend more than every other country in the world, and we can, like, do that. But here's the thing, and I, I've been recently talking about this. You want to watch some really scary shit, like, a lot, of, a lot of YouTubers have been watching scary videos on the internet. You want to watch a very haunting video? Watch Dwight D. Eisenhower's farewell address from the White House. Dwight D. Eisenhower in like the fifties, his last night as president, there was the you know the farewell address. That was a thing. They don't do that anymore for presidents. They just have like a press release. Dwight D. Eisenhower got in front of a camera, and for like thirty minutes, he addressed the country as the president and said, "Hey, I spent the last four years being your president." We did this X, Y, and Z. Then he's then he goes in and goes, "Here's my concerns going forward. Beware of the corporation. It's dehumanizing effects on people. How it places the the means of production and profit over the lives of people. Be aware of the military industrial complex. How it, their their entire their entire goal is to keep the world at war so they can continue to profit. And he lists like five things, right?" All five of them things have happened. He talks about the division of uh, how religion divides us and civil rights going forward. Like, Dwight D. Eisenhower was a Republican president. Say what you want. Good president, bad president, whatever you say. I don't. I, I really don't care. I, I wasn't around when Eisenhower was around. I, I can't judge. But I have seen his address, and it is the scariest fucking thing I've ever heard. 
because everything he warns us to worry about happened. It's going on right now. And a man 60, 70 years ago says, hey, this shit is something we need to watch out for. And we went, say, love you, dog. Oh, that's cool. Don't worry about it. We, we got it, bro. We, we'll keep an eye on it. Nope. Nope. Like, the Eisenhower nightmare is a thing. And I'm not even, like, a fan of politics. Like, I watch it. I want to know what's going on. I have my opinions on it. But when a dude who literally sits in front of the camera and goes, Hey, America, I'm going to get real with you here. It's been dope being your president. We've done a lot of good work, but uh, there's some scary shit on the horizon we need to pay attention to. And everybody's like, oh, that's nice. Go go back to what you're doing. Everything he talked about is reality right now. And it is fucking terrifying to me. Yeah. And the only, and, and my kids, my kids talk about this all the time. Especially my daughter, Merck. She's very, like, outspoken. Like, she's like, she literally came to me the other day and goes, when are all the old fuckers going to die in Congress so that we can actually make some real change? I was like, explain? She goes, Dad, you tell me all the time that Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, like, she just named a bunch of people. They're, like, in their 70s. They've been in Congress for, like, 50 years. How do they know what the world is like? They didn't, they don't, they, they're so lost connection with what's going on in the world. How can they make judgment calls on things they don't understand? Yeah. And I looked at her and go, you're right. That's what I've been raging about for 20 years. You've heard me complain about this for 10 years since you've been around. She goes, what's the answer? And I looked at her and said, you are. She goes, why me? Because my generation was lost. Our parents lost sight of the ball. We weren't taught to look at this. We, it wasn't a concern for us. Because we were told, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Our parents didn't pay attention to it because it was free love. Now, my generation who's in their 40s, late 30s, early 50s, are looking at the government and going, the fuck happened? And we were all asleep at the wheel. We didn't know. I didn't. I voted when I was eighteen. I've been voting since. I, but I'm a. I'm a rarity, right? So I tell my kid all the time. All my kids, you're the answer. Young people like you with with understanding ideas and and new takes on the world are. You have to get involved in the system. Well, Dad, the system corrupt. Yes, I know, but it's not going to get fixed until people who aren't corrupt fight the corruption. And I said, another answer to it is term limits. She's like, what's term limits? Term limits are, do you know how the president can only serve two terms? She's yeah. like, yeah, that way they, they, don't, they don't stay in power too long. Congress doesn't have those. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, you can be a congressman for 50 years, 60 years. You you, can be a, no, do you know how, like, everything may vote in congress like it's just it just it tends to be the same people yeah because run. you need you need a million dollars just to run they've rigged the game where mm. if you don't have money to run you can't run well that then thing means that it's no term times that's the problem it's, then. it's part of it because it's there is terms there like it's no the fact that the other people could run and oust them. it's just yeah so it's no apart like 
the term thing is there. If, if, if you the had part, term the main limits, thing is... didn't matter with the game. If you had yeah. term limits where you could only serve two terms, and this is my solution, and I know there's, and I know we're getting a little political, but I'm not, I'm not banging on each party. Here's how you do it, real quick. The U.S. president can only sit two terms. That's eight years, right? Congressmen and representatives can only serve two terms, but you make those terms five years apiece. So Congress people can only serve a total of 10 years. So there's a two-year overlay to where the president can bring the new Congress up to speed on what needs to get done, or the Congress can bring the new president up to what's going on. That way, there's a constant flow of new people in and out, new ideas, new progressive ideas, new conservative ideas, whatever ideas come in. But there's always this turn of fresh eyes, fresh eyes, fresh ideas, regardless of your political affiliations. That's my thought. That's what I told my daughter. I said, young people, term limits, and getting all the money out of Congress, out of politics. Because back in the day, for those of you, here's a civics lesson. Politics was a duty, not a business. When you went to Congress, you left your business behind, you did your civic duty, and then you went back to work. You didn't get paid. You didn't, you were given a house, you were given a place to stay while you did your civic duty. Yeah. And you went back to your farm or your business or your shop. That's the truth of the matter. It was around the 50s and 60s, or and even before then, like you got the Tammany Hall scandal and, and political corruption. Political corruption started to become a thing when politicians could start to make money. Yeah. Get the money out, put the term limits in, and get more young people into the system. And that's going to solve a lot of problems because they're more in touch with what's going on right now. If I was to enter politics right now at 42 years old, I still got all my all the shit that I grew up and my understanding. I'm lucky because I have kids and, and, and family members that are on different spectrums, whether it's sexual, religious, whatever. So I've had to understand that. I've had to understand that. It's forced me to grow out of my own stunted upbringings, right? And I think I think what we're talking about in general, the safe spaces and, and, and developing things, answers to problems, it's, it's that mentality of like, we see problems and we want to fix it. Whether it's political, socio- geographical, environmental, because this podcast, me and you talk about nature stuff all the time, how to fix nature, how to how to highlight what the good people are doing. And I think it comes from a place where, like, we have a platform and we want to at least raise up other voices so that maybe somebody listening can take yeah. the ball and run with it. And it all comes back to, well, in order to do that, we need to look beyond ourselves. Yeah. You need to, to look at what, what's the benefit of doing this that may not benefit us in, in the immediacy, but may benefit our kids or our, our, our families down the road. And a lot of people can't look past themselves. Yeah. They can't look past their bank accounts. They can't look past their their own family's needs. It's like you said with the billionaires. Like Billionaires could solve a lot of the world's problems right now. But they don't view it as their responsibility. It's the government's responsibility. They're like, oh, well, I'm doing me. I'm taking care of mine. I gave to this charity. It's up to the government to do their part. 
Well, if you don't empower the government to do the job by electing people who are actually going to do the job, doesn't matter if they're British or Scottish or Irish or fucking Japanese or Asian or Indian. doesn't matter. That that's a, that's a rule that applies across the board, Russian, whatever. If you yeah. don't elect the people that are willing to do the work to better your society, your society doesn't get better. But in order to do that, you can't be playing a rigged game where corruption feeds corruption and greed feeds greed. Yeah. And absolute power corrupts absolutely, hundred percent. These are not, these are not hot takes. These are not biased statements that I've just made. They're fucking human facts. Because you can look at history and you can point out all of this shit. And until we as a people fucking wake up and rise up, not necessarily revolution. I'm not like maybe if that's what it takes. But if we the the silent majority. Don't start standing up together and speaking out, or, or just somebody standing up. The 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 major mon- like the loud minority and the bad elements are going to continue to be bad, and they're going to continue to do it. It's the whole yeah. argument here in America about like critical race theory and systemic racism. Yes, America has systemic racism. There are programs and systems built into our government specifically to keep people who aren't white down. Why is that such a fucking heretical statement? White people did some evil shit. Everybody's done evil shit. But Americans built a society specifically to keep other people down. Why are we so hesitant to tear that down and acknowledge it? Well, because, because we might we might lose our power. Oh, it takes you back to that. One of the first statements that you made when we were talking about the world government is it might make you stop being American. Fuck that shit. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> that argument is so reductive and retarded. Yeah. Stupid and just bad. See? Yeah. Like we said, words that fall back on when I'm frustrated. Such a bad, like, I don't know. It's just. I don't I don't know. Know. You need I'm to like, cut that shit. I know. I'm a little People should cancel me. <laughs> they will? Probably. You cut your one shit. Of, one of these days, they'll be like, fuck that Docs guy. He's an asshole. <laughs> But no, and like I said, and, and maybe some of this conversation will turn off the listeners, but like, if it turns you off, maybe you need to examine why it turned you off. Maybe you need to look in the mirror and be like, well, why did just what Chris and Dox were saying make me so angry? And if the we're podcast not... turns you on, then keep your comments to yourself. No, no. <laughs> Let me know. Did my voice do it for you? I want to know. I need an ego boost lately. I'm good. But I mean, and that's the thing is, like you said, we're just two guys, but we're looking at like the broad, the broader idea. We're just spitballing ideas and things we know based off of our experience. I'm no political expert. I've got years of college education in various areas. I've got world experience. I've done bartending and nannying and I've been a DJ and been a security guard. Like I've been a cook. You name it. I've got a wealth of experience and, and I grew up fucking super poor. And I, I, at one point, we weren't always poor. We had a nice house when my mom was in a good relationship with my sister's dad. We had a, a fucking amazing house. We had new cars. We had new shit. So I've been, I've been on all spectrums. I've been dirt poor, and I've been well off. So, like, I don't speak from a place of not experiencing a lot of what I talk about. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. And I, I'm sorry if that upsets you or, or turns you off the podcast. It's just... It's facts. Facts don't care about your feelings, to quote Tom McDonald, who actually is kind of a, not a horrible rapper, but 
some of his songs are garbage, some of them make good sense, but one of the lines he says in one of his songs is, facts don't care about feelings, and they don't. And I think that's what we get twisted a lot nowadays, is like, facts have been put aside for feelings, and yeah. like, well, when if you look at the facts, the facts is, is here's another statement that's going to turn you off, wear your fucking mask, wash your hands, and stay the fuck away from people. It'll make shit a lot easier for the rest of us. It's just, it is what it is. I can't say it any more succinctly than that. But, it's coming up on 2.15. Is there any interesting shit that we need to talk about in, like, the gaming world? Any any games, anything we got coming up that's peaked interest? Um, I mean, the new Plague's Tale comes out, I think, next month. The new uh, Horizon Zero Dawn comes yeah, out next that's gonna month. That's going to be dope. Did you see the trailer for that? Yeah. Uh, Sifu comes out next month. What is it? That's Sifu. Oh, yeah. Sifu looks good, dude. Yeah. Sifu um, looks good. Horizon Zero Dawn looks good. Isn't like, oh, uh, not only just in gaming, media. Moon Knight comes out in March. I'm so excited for the Moon Knight series on Disney+. Plus. Have you been watching the book of Bubble Fett at all? You no. I've, no, I, I mean, I will watch it. I, I just... Binge it? I've, and I need to binge it, so I okay. need to find myself a 10-hour period where I can watch the entire fucking thing at right. one go. Like, at the moment, like, I've managed to catch up. I'm like, hold on, because I've still got it up that I'm going to be watching <laughs> in the podcast in d and I'm halfway through episode six of Campaign 3, Critical Role. I've yeah. watched, like, five episodes in the last two days. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to say something right now that's going to offend the shit out of them. Is it, are you going to say I, anything on Critical Role? If so, let's no, no, not, go do that. Spoiler, nothing spoilers. I haven't watched the full episodes. I've been watching highlights and recap videos. I just, I don't have the time. I'm in so fairness, busy. that's I have, I, I, fair I'm enough. Not. The first, up until episode 92, like 92 or so I hadn't watched a full episode of Critical Role, I was watching highlights and all that kind of stuff and it got to the point where it's only certain episodes of Campaign 2 where I've watched the full thing Right. Um, other than that because there's one and I think she's it's like the the YouTuber, it's, she's called like Marisha something like because Marisha Ray, it's like Mar- not Marisha Ray or something like right. that is the handle of YouTube. She makes some amazing highlight videos. It's like there's one guy that does it, and he makes like 15 minute videos where it's like, right. um, like I'll be focusing on like one part of the whole fucking uh-huh. five hour thing. Whereas this not Marisha Ray or something like that. She makes like between like 30 minutes. Yep, 30, some of them are like an hour yep. and 15 minutes. Where she puts in a whole bunch, like she right. cuts out all like the wandering, but she keeps the important conversations and the quote That's how like season or campaign two, I practically went through that, right. just trying to catch up because it is it's just There's it was just, just a, too much. I'm trying to make a point in this series, series or campaign. I watch them all. Like once I've caught up, I'll be able to try and make that time. He'd be able to do it, but it is, it's like, like, 
ADHD is a fucking bitch when it comes to that. Like, I watch movies in three increments because I can't watch a full fucking mm. movie in one go. So uh, it has to proper grip me. Like, I know, like, Mandalorian, I fucking went right through that. The Witcher, I went right Bain's through that. Yeah, I've been in season two, yeah. Boba Fett, I want... The thing is, is I want to make time to be like, see, you've only watched one episode and go, oh, I've not really got into that. This is one of the ones where I'll watch it when I've got time. Then I know, but I can't start it without having that time ready in case it goes, yeah, I'm watching this full fucking series right now. Right. So it is, it's like, it's like, like I said, like the last, the only reason I've watched fucking five episodes of Critical Role this is because I've not been sleeping. So, right. like, I've I've just been watching that as I've done other things, but um, I know that's not going to be the way it is for like much longer right. because like it just is that's not a way to kind of sustain life. Um, but no, like I think it is. It's, it's just one of the ones. I I I don't really. I actually still now and again. See when I'm going to my bed, I'll have YouTube on when I go into my bed, yeah. and I'll random like like on your on my recommended. It's it's basic. It's either fucking cooking with Jack the prick, or um <laughs> like critical role like we fucking mm. shots and stuff like that, or it's her highlight videos come up, and uh-huh. I'll just sit and watch random fucking like forty five minute episodes a critical role campaign two. Just because there's some moments in it that are just so fucking phenomenal, right? That you're, you're th- I'm not going to go into that because I know Haba has not actually watched all uh, of Campaign uh, Two uh, as uh, well. I'm say so Habba I'm not going to Blueberry touch Muffin. Him. <laughs> all I'm going to say, Blueberry Muffin. But <laughs> um, um, but yeah. So like, I really don't have a like like if if that's how you're able to think it through because it is it's it, the the. The little highlight videos are a fucking godsend yes, for ADHD, especially because it is it's like it is it's different being involved in a five-hour-long D and D session, mm-hmm. but as great as Critical Role is, it's sometimes a fucking it's a grind chore. it's a slog through to, sometimes, to to watch right through a full fucking episode. Um, Especially like at the start, like campaign three. That's just, My that's... main gripe here is it wasn't it isn't the ninety nine. So for the first couple of episodes, it was trying to get your brain run yep. that it's New different. Characters. It's the same people, but it's different people, yep. and 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 thing like that. And I'm I'm starting to get into the characters and enjoy mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. So I'm more get able to watch it in longer kind of thing so it's like mm-hmm. I'll watch it when I'm eating and then I'll go and do something else and then I'll watch it when I'm doing other things and then like then I have to come on to the podcast because you rudely interrupt my critical role watching <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> but no I, yeah and speaking of critical role uh, the animated series uh, Legends of Box Machina drops Friday and apparently yeah. they're dropping the first three episodes yeah, like, all in one shot so like I'm I'm gonna binge the living. F- I already told. I already told the kids. I'm like, Friday night. Um, as soon as you go to bed, uh, dad's in the shop watching Critical Role. We're like, get the fuck out. Don't bother me. I'm busy. <laughs> like, go to bed. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to Critical Role specifically, like, I love that content. It's so it's so well done. But like, I told Zim in the past, I hate the combat. 
the combat is the most boring thing for me. Like, yeah, some cool shit happens from time to time, and you get some interesting story shit. Like, again, no spoiler for campaign two. Some major shit goes down during a combat scenario. I would have missed it if I didn't watch the combat, but that's why I like watching some of the highlight videos I've been watching. Like, and there's a couple of people that I watch, they do like long form reviews. And to answer Zim's kind of comment earlier in chat, he's like, well, using their footage on. You're allowed to use footage in commentary, you're just not allowed to use a certain amount of footage. So if they're using excess amounts of footage, they can get in trouble for it. But if they're using like snippets or, or clips to highlight points, that's fair use. Yeah, and plus they did put a whole thing at this uh, in the summer about mm -hmm. their fair use policy. Yep. I think the main thing is that you're not allowed to use their content to make money. So it's like yep. you can like don't. like if you draw artwork, you can sell it. It's your thing, you know that kind right. of stuff. It's but I think yeah, I think what the thing is is that you're not allowed to like monetize certain things because it's not your content kind of thing um other than that i don't i don't i can't remember seeing much more and it because i know we looked at it we looked it up because when it came out we were just starting the adventures in exandria dnd so uh with my like overlays and stuff like that and then like uh zachary was a wee bit thing me doing it of we're using Exandria mm. and stuff like that. Is it going to be a problem that technically it's monetized on my stream and stuff? But when you actually looked at it, it, it was mere thing me to you weren't allowed to take their actual content and like make fucking books and movies and yeah, you're, and, yeah, and, and TV shows that, yeah. and shit like that. But like putting up things like that, it was, I think it's still, I mean, it might be rang. Like it might, no, like I it might too, be different. But... I was thinking about joining the game, and I read it, and basically, you're you're fully right. You're not allowed to take the full breadth of their IP and monetize it, but you mm -hmm. are allowed to use parts of the IP for commentary, parody, satire, stuff like that. You are allowed to run D and D games in Alexandria as long as it's not stated that you are doing it as as part of Critical Role. There has to be delineation that. It, you're not affiliated with Critical Role and you're not using their IP as your own. It's it's like any it's any any setting in D and D or any role playing game. If you're gonna if you're gonna stream it, you are using the material that you purchased to present a story, but you are not claiming it as it's you are Critical Role or you're using it as your own. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Because I, I think there is there's always gray because it's like. You can't do a D and D session in Exandria without having the lore of Critical Role, like Campaign One, Campaign Two, current Campaign Three. Like if you're doing a your own campaign set at a certain time, you maybe you you it's eventuality that you would come across the lore. That's just mm -hmm. how it is. Um, but yeah, they, they did put a whole thing, and I think it was meant to stop these people that were like taking artwork yep, and that it. belonged to Critical Role and selling it themselves through like Etsy and stuff like that. So um, I think that was the main thing IP that they were trying that, to yeah, stop. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, no. 
and like i mean yeah uh, cool shit like i'm i'm super excited for yeah which the, it, of course it happens Abba. yeah oh yeah but a, a company had to put that statement out there 100 percent agree what they did and yeah i do i agree with your comment about missing the chaos of jester like mm-hmm. jester and campaign two is fucking like campaign one scanlin is the standout right sam regal's character is halfling bard is like one of the biggest standouts of the entire campaign. Scanlan, 100%. Because Sam sings all his bard songs. And one of the hooks to Sam's songs in campaign one was he took modern pop songs and twisted them to fit D&D. Campaign two, one of the biggest standouts has got to be Jester because she's just so nuts. Like, everybody stands out. But if if you, like, go think about the different campaigns, Campaign one, you think of Scanlan. Campaign two, campaign two, you think of Jester. Right now, who's standing out in campaign three? Fern, Fresh Cut Grass, uh, Dorian, Ashton. Like nobody's emerged. Yeah, you're still. They're all trying to figure it out. They're all like the the people are still trying to figure, and they're still trying to figure out those characters. They're not even. They're like less than a dozen episodes in to to settle into a character. (laughs) Laudna. <laughs> Laudna is, yeah, Laudna's definitely standing out. But, like, yeah. any good RPG is going to take you 20, 20 or sessions more just to get comfortable and settle in. Yeah. Like, if especially if it's a long-form campaign, like a long-term campaign. The first 20 episodes, you're just feeling your shit out. It's like your first 20 years of life. You're yeah. figuring shit out! I think and especially it's... with that amount of players, like, you look at our game, like, Within a couple of episodes, me and Zim just seem to have that sort of mm-hmm. back and forth. We just got comfortable. We were able to find me and all that kind of stuff. But I think it is one of the ones that where you've only got two people, it is a lot easier to kind of flesh that out and get into that rhythm and all that kind of stuff when you've got seven people that you're all trying to be a part of. Then it's I can see why it would take that few extra episodes to kind of get everything, get that fucking engine running kind of thing so but yeah no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah eight. Like, go ahead no i was just like i mean have i said eight i, I, I keep on forgetting that yeah, you've got Dory, like yeah, yeah you've got fucking eight characters um but yeah so it's like that's obviously going to take that little bit of time plus when you think about the fact that campaign one was three years campaign two was three years yep or actually, no, campaign one wasn't technically three years because for the first year it was off camera yeah, in the living game. room and yep. then they kind of took it too. But you think that was three years that people got fucking... Hours and hours just, and hours Yeah, of that's a lot. Three years, weekly fucking episodes, uh, fucking four or five hour episodes. So it's like... It is going to take the audience a while to kind of get out of that campaign two ninety nine and get into campaign three and and name. So it's like it's, it's just it's just what happens. I, I will I, I will say this, and, and I mean no disrespect in any any way of saying this. I as somebody who's watched all of campaign one and all of campaign two and has watched the majority of campaign three so far and watched highlights. There was something automatically special about the characters in Campaign 2. 
there was yeah. something about campaign two that grabbed you immediately. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was critical role hitting its stride at like at the right time. But yeah. there was something about that group of characters that almost instantly grabbed you where like Exandria uh, Exandria Unlimited in Campaign 3, there's been a little more warming up that needs to happen. Like, the characters, like, there's been, I've noticed this a lot online and what I've seen on, on Twitter. There's been a lot of, like, there's been a warming period where Campaign 2, there was something about the Mighty Nine that just grabbed you immediately. Yeah. Out the box. There was something special. You could feel it. You could see it. Where yeah. Exandria Unlimited and Campaign 3, feel more experimental and there's a warming period that I noticed. And maybe that's just me. I know Habba says agree. Maybe that's just me. But as somebody who's done RPGs as a GM and a player for 27 years now, I started RPGs when I was like 15 and 42. So 20 some odd years. When I look at when I look at the the structure of the campaigns and the character development and the way they're broken down, I can see something. There's an it factor. You see it in sports all the time. They talk about intangibles, right? Intangibles are the it factor. There's something about campaign two. There's an it factor to it, and campaign three might have that same thing, but automatically out the gate, campaign two there was there was something about it. There was an it factor. Yeah. There were, there was something there. And campaign one, like you said, the first year of the campaign was off screen. So they were already like level eight or nine or 10 when they came into the the group. Right. But campaign three is this new experimental vibe where they're trying new things out They're They're experimenting with new custom classes and a new world outlook and and new sets and new designs and and new production elements. So there is a warming period. And and that that is that is a sign of growth. Yeah, as definitely. as as an D and D as an entertainment medium, with critical role being sort of the the driver, along with Dimension Twenty and Light uh, Dice Camera Action and a few others. There there has to be a period where it, it, there is growth and and the ability to try new things. And Critical Role even said themselves, this campaign all bets are off, right? Yeah. That new thing. So I think part of it too is people are waiting to see what they mean by everything's on the table. So there's yeah. sort of this bated breath of like, what do you mean? Yeah. And we've discussed this briefly uh, in other podcasts. Critical Role is a business, and in order yeah. to grow and, and prosper, you have to diversify. You have to diversify your content. You got to diversify your your talent. So. Campaign three, I think, is going to be them really starting to experiment with stuff, playing with stuff, figuring stuff out. And I think on some levels that's got people hesitant to jump fully in. Like there was this there was this online discussion about, well, is Travis's character Travis's real character, or is it another character? Like in in campaign three, Travis started playing one character. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, right. that, that, that. I'm not saying anything spoil- else. Yeah, but we're going spoiling. into spoiler there, territory. There's, there's discussions like that of <laughs> who's playing who, who's really who, who's what's going on. And I think a lot of that's experimental, the, the experimental vibe. People are, are wondering, like, well, is it is this what it is, or is this the experiment they're talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Oh, definitely. I think that is, and it's that's just like you said. That's just business growth. Like you're gonna have to like campaign two worked for them, but if they were just to put out another campaign two, would people just go? Ah, oh, they're just putting out right. the same thing. So like, as and like that's the point of D and D or TTRPG is like you're not. It's not supposed to be the same thing. Like right. it's supposed to feel different. Hundred percent different. So, but yeah, like my but Star I'm Wars game is not see. gonna feel like next Alexandria game. Yeah, but I'm I'm there on I mean like even on a mere family level of your Alexandria game should not feel like snacks Alexandria game. Exactly. Like yeah, it might be a set of the same map that they use and all that kind of stuff. But if you were to do a D and D Alexandria game, I should not come into your game and it feel as if I'm playing the other one. Right. Like it should feel different. And I think that's where like that's where I'm enjoying the the campaign three more is because it doesn't just feel as if they're riding on the coattails of campaign two. They've went, yeah. nah, we need to try something different here. And they went and, real different. Oh yeah, definitely. Like they went big. So like I'm just I'm excited to see where it goes. And with uh, the Legend of Vox, Vox Machina coming out on Friday, like that's just adding an extra because, like, I think that is going to bring in a lot more viewership as well. On the case of where it being like an animated series of kind of like muddled down moments of the ca- the whole entire campaign, I think it, it it makes it more palatable for even the the non. D D TTRPG goes like it's just it's another animated series that they can get into mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and one of the cool things that um uh, to mention the the animated show uh Legend of Vox Machina. The I was watching the development blogs, basically the dev blogs that they put up. One of the things that the the artists and the animators and and the writers of the show were like. There's literally 500 hours of material that we have to like pick yeah, through yeah. and turn into like a 24 episode season. Like most TV shows have like a 200 page script. A D&D <laughs> campaign, especially a critical role one with as much production value and, and depth that like Matt and the team put together, you're looking at novels worth of material you have to break down like game of thrones was eight seasons it needed 10 seasons to tell the story and the story wasn't even done yet by the author like dune dune is such a massive series that the new dune movie was almost three hours and it was only part one so having to go through 500 hours of content of content to make an animated show yeah. yeah, you you're gonna have to like sift through and and pick out interesting things, and you're gonna have to change things. Like one of the things that they um they talked about recently in the, in the in the voice cast for Vox Machina, Matt had a very prominent part in that episode where he was like, "There, all these characters that are in the show, I did them, I voiced them, but in a show format, I can't and shouldn't voice them all." No. But it's important, and Marisha echoed this in, in the episode. She's like, every character you see in the show that's not Vox Machina, 
has Matt in it. It's yeah. Matt. And we had to go and really, really find people who understood the character who could make it their own, but still capture what Matt did to make that character special. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to fucking do that if my life depended on it. So I am so excited to see how these voice actors, voice characters like Gilmore and Uriel Taldore and Delilah Briarwood and Captain Jarrett and Krieg and all these and, and um, Lady Kima and Alora Visor and all these like massive characters from Campaign One are being brought to life by somebody who's not Matt. That's what I'm excited to see. Like from from a storyteller's perspective, and like I I, I spend the majority of my life running games. D D, Shadowrun, you name it. I've been the GM. So I have more experience creating characters that I never got to play. Quote unquote, never got to play, never got to roll dice for. But yet I remember characters from all different games that I still are endearing to me. Like from characters from when I ran Dark Heresy, which is a 40k RPG. There are characters that I ran from Shadowrun with, with Zim that still hold a place in my heart. So Seeing how the show takes Gilmore and all these characters that Matt made into like these beloved characters with the help of the cast and yeah. in, in their interactions, obviously. Seeing how these other actors portray these characters that are so quintessentially Matt's creation is going to intrigue the hell out of me. Not only is it going to be a badass action show and there's going to be one-liners and dope shit, but I'm gonna be watching it and going, all right. Well, how did how did they make it their own? Because I'm weird like that. I, I I that interests me. But yeah, aside from Critical Role stuff, like there's a lot of cool games coming out. Like Horizon Zero Dawn looks good. Sifu intrigues me a lot because one, I'm a martial artist. I taught martial arts for over 20 years, and it's a it's equivalent to a roguelite, like beat 'em up. So I'm I'm really I'm really trying to like take a look at that because. <laughs> That's my wheelhouse. I'm like, how how is the martial arts going to be represented? How are the elements going to be represented? How is the... So, yeah, Seafood looks good. Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West looks amazing. Uh, I saw one the other day. Um, um, fuck, there was an indie that came out that, looked, uh, that had a trailer that looked phenomenal. And it's going to kill me because I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. But we can always put that one into next week's episode. We'll, have, we'll bring back our game release section. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of really cool shit coming up in the next couple months. Yeah. From from a gaming and and I don't think we should just do game releases, but like media, like like inner like cool shit coming up. Yeah. No, we can always think of that. But like Moon it's Knight better to have a wee bit too. more knowledge in it than right. actually. Yeah. Rather than know. just one person talking about it because they seen yeah. a trailer two days ago. Yeah, and then like I said, Moon Knight looks really cool. But I we talked about it on my stream. The Moon Knight transformation. <laughs> uh you can't unsee it anymore. So the trailer for Moon Knight came out and in it they show Mark Spector being taken over by Moon Knight. And part of the transformation is his costume kind of wraps up around him looking like mummy bandages. Well, somebody some fucking smart ass on Twitter made a video of the Moon Knight transformation and Sailor Moon's transformation because Sailor Moon is wrapped up in ribbons and her suit becomes her suit 
and I'll fucking die because son of a bitch, it almost looks identical. So now when I watch the Moon Knight fucking series and he turns into Moon Knight, my brain's going to go, Sailor Moon! No! No! So bad. So bad, but it was... I can't unsee it. It's been... Every time I see anything about Moon Knight on Twitter now, it's like, fucking can't see... I can't unsee what I saw. And it, it's great, because people are that invested, and it's it's cheeky, and it's funny, but... Man! God fuck! Already? Already? Oh, my God. But, I think we should probably roll into the happy ending. Uh, let me just yeah. update what we're talking about, and then we'll, uh... We'll jump right in that. Happy endings. So I do have a happy ending this week. Uh, I had a couple, but I actually settled on this one because it was more of a uh, more close to my old stomping grounds, and it's just people being nice people. So there was an article that came out with the Good News Network. Shout out to the Good News Network, where I get almost all of my articles. I do look other places. Um, this article talks about a 75-year-old mysterious garbage man. So for those of you that don't know or are new to the podcast, I come from Wisconsin, the frozen Midwest, the tundra, fucking negative 50-degree weather, right? It's not Alaska. It's not Antarctica. But that motherfucker's cold as shit. And they get a ton of snow. Well, apparently... There was a mysterious garbage man going around the neighborhood, returning people's trash, keeping to their houses after garbage pickup. Turns out, in Appleton, uh, a small town in, in northern Wisconsin, mid-northern Wisconsin, uh, a woman was like, I'm going to find out, because her husband was like, I don't, I'm not bringing the garbage cans back. And she's like, why not? And he's like, well, they're already back. And she's like, what? Well, apparently she got it in her brain to figure out what the fuck was going on. Turns out, this is a 75-year-old dude who just got tired of being retired. He was, like, bored. He was tired of not doing anything, <laughs> not having a purpose. So what did he do? He's out for a walk. Decides, hey, it's cold as shit. I'm out for a walk. People got shit to do. I'll bring the garbage cans back to them. So hmm. it's one less thing they got to do. That's it. It's dope. It's just a nice old man doing nice shit so that other people can, like, have less one less inconvenient shitty thing to do, and I think it's no. Yeah. What's I the mean, guy's name? I don't know. I the guy's it. name Just is uh, Dick. Dick, Dick. Dick, Dick Ponsloff. Dick Ponsloff. Yeah, Shout Dick out to Dick Ponsloff for being, for being a decent a nice fucking dude. human being. Nice dude. And mm. he literally said, I, "I got bored of being retired, and it was a yeah. nice thing to do because he's out. He was literally out doing walks and shit." He says, "When I retired, I got sick of doing nothing, so I started going around and picking up garbage cans." Not just certain ones, everyone's. <laughs> you do you, homie. You do you, fam. I mean, it's a nice thing because in Wisconsin, for those of you that don't know, it's snowy, it's cold, but the worst thing about <laughs> Wisconsin is the wind. The wind is the fucking brutalest shit I've ever experienced. Negative. I've worked in negative 50 weather. No snow on the ground. Negative 50 wind chill. Just horrendous. Right? And and Dick goes on to talk about more shit. He, he's lived in Wisconsin his whole life, and he's always loved winter. He says, I put the mask on because it makes your face warm. That's the reason I'm wearing it. I don't normally wear a mask. He laughs. And I asked him, why do you do it? He goes, eh, just to be nice to all people. It's just what yeah. you got to do. Just think if you were at home and needed someone to help. 
<coughs> like Dick. You're the man. Shout out to you. Not much more than that. It's just a dude doing nice shit. And yeah. him finally getting... And the thing is, he, he wasn't filming it. He wasn't putting it on Instagram or TikTok. He just did it. Yeah, it's just a good G- He's only getting recognition now because some woman was like, yo, Dick, you're the man. You should... Someone should hear about it. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to the Dick, man. That dude's not a dick, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, not Dick. Did my dad drive to Wisconsin? <laughs> Emma, your dad does that. There's a there's a funny story. Like my my uh, my daughter and my my son Nick and my daughter Merck, all the time when I'm out at grocery stores or department stores, they always say I'm too nice because I help people. I ask them, hey, do you need any help? Like the other night we were at the grocery store, there was an old lady, you know, in her seventies, kind of hunched over, trying to get some cereal. I walked. We were walking down the aisle and. Mark looked at me. She goes, "You're gonna help her, aren't you?" I'm like, "I'm gonna ask." So yeah, just Dick, just doing it to be a nice guy. Shout out to Dick. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny to me because his name is Dick, and like (laughs) we've been calling people dicks all day. Be like, "Don't be a dick," and here's Dick not being a dick. (laughs) Exactly. Be like Dick. (laughs) Be like Dick by not being a dick. Exactly. That's going on Twitter later. Be like Nick without being a dick. <laughs> but do you have one this week, or are we just gonna do? A uh, I mean, mine's. I found one that it's it's. There's literally oh, nothing to one. talk about. But yeah. cats use the Starlink satellite to get warm because it emits heat from under, like it emits heat itself, but it also reflects heat from like. It absorbs and reflects heat from the sun, while the self-heating feature warms from below. So it causes a sleeping bag effect for kitties that found it irresistible. So there's kitties on a Starlink satellite, and it's 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 cute as fuck. So yeah, that's pretty much it. There's there's nothing else that we can discuss on that. It's cats just doing. But just go and look at the cats. Just 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 go just go look at the cats. There's like one, two, three, four, five cats curried into a Starlink satellite <laughs> in, in the snow. Just just go and enjoy yourself and have a, a wonderful I Sunday that, night. I saw that article and I was like, dude, fucking cats, man. They, like, people worry like, oh, if my cat gets outside, no, cats, cats figure it out. Cats are like, they're, they're devious and untrustworthy murder machines, but they figure it out. Cats, they're like, oh, look, a satellite dish. It's warm. Let's all cat pot on this bitch and stay warm. Like, I get it. It's great. It's so fucking good. And just the images they got are so good in that article. It's hilarious. They're all just chilling on a satellite dish. Like, what? What warm? Yeah. It's just another It's just another example of, of Animal Kingdom adapting the human bullshit. <laughs> Literally, like, cats are like, we ain't got shit to hide and we'll go sit on their satellite dish and fuck up their Fuck up their CSI for the night. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I was, I, to be honest, I, I, I just I, that was it. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. it was, I saw. I was. I was gonna do that article too, and then I found Dick not being a dick, and I thought that was important. Yeah, no, that All was right. definitely important. <laughs> well, and I forgot to transition the fucking scene to happy endings, but hey, look, I'm on the ball now. But anyway, Chris. It's been a good show. I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate yeah. the talking about the getting my frustrations out there and all the discussions we had around mental health. I thought it was a really good one. And then 
talking about fixing problems. It was a good, it was a good show. So do me a favor. Tell the people who you are, where they can find you, and where they can be part of the conversation. Yeah, uh, you can get me across all platforms at Chris's C90. You can get in touch with us through all of those platforms. Um, you can get in contact with us through the Drunk Tank website, which is above Dox's head, which I'm going to say they're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, if you want to get involved in the conversation, if you want to share your thoughts on things, just message away. There is a contact page on the website now, so yes, you can is, you are send a, a nice little thing away and we'll look at it. And if you're being a dick, we'll ignore it. And if you're being cool and not being a dick, then we'll <laughs> reply to you and we'll bring it up maybe in the next episode. But mm-hmm. um yeah, you can get in contact with everyone. Even if you have a topic that we haven't discussed, yeah. you think you, you, we should maybe bring it up, then send that as that way and we'll look it up and we'll see what our thoughts are and perhaps share our thoughts on the matter. Yeah, I, I echo that sentiment. Like if you're like we like we said when we had Nikki on, if, if you're an uh, aspiring author or something for the conversation or an indie dev or whatever, hit us up, man. If your shit's cool and you're decent people, we'll 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 talk about it. I mean, what like we're just two guys on the internet raving and ranting and raving, but I mean, every little bit helps. Like we talked yeah. about earlier in the podcast, you never know. Maybe maybe someone hears uh, us on on the podcast talking about your shit, and they go buy it, and then they buy it for mm-hmm. all their friends. So exactly. hit us up, whether it's conversations, topics, or 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 things that you feel need to be seen or brought up. Definitely hit us up. That's great. I yeah. am, like I said in the beginning, the eponymous Dox Ryan. You can get me at all things Dox Ryan because branding is a thing, and I was smart enough on my girlfriend's suggestion to unify that immediately. So branding across, Doc's writing across everything, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. You know, I, Instagram, I'll tell you right now, is basically food pics. So <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you guys being here. Chat was lovely. You guys made up some great points. Uh, you guys were active today. We appreciate you guys for being here and part of the conversation. You guys are amazing. Chris, as always, you kill it. Uh, tell the people, bye. Bye. Later, guys. We'll see you next time.